For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts. And you can text 0868 104 um, Back here on the... I wasn't expecting to, to be back, but it's all fine. I was just in the other county, so I came back up at five this morning. I want to wish uh, Mick Mulcahy well. He had a uh, medical issue over the weekend that needs uh, needs sorting. So he's doing that, and hopefully all will be well uh, for next week. But uh, meanwhile, uh, back in the saddle, uh, happy to be here. It's unfortunate, though, because... Um, July is now gone and it was a write-off. The examiner this morning says that last month, because we're in August now, was the wettest July on record, lads. And I don't want to put any more of a downer on it than we're getting with regards to the downing of rain upon us. But July 23, the wettest July on record. Last month... (laughs) We had four times the amount of rain than July 2022. Um, now, maybe with regards to, because, I don't know, maybe we were all bad and bold people in former lives, or maybe climate change has it in for us, that when it t- comes to climate change, what we get is lots of rain. We don't get sunshine, and we don't get days and temperatures. But unfortunately, uh, albeit back for a, a couple of days on the air, I don't want to be putting total downer on it, but um, the next three weeks, they're saying in the red tops today, will be a total washout. Now, that's a very general term, right? It's a very broad, sweeping statement. But the sun this morning says that Ireland is facing uh, a washout for another three weeks, according to Aaron, and hopes for a late summer of sunshine have been drowned out by their autumn, or by their August predictions. But even Aaron have been known to get it wrong. So more on weather and more on climatey stuff with regards to holidays at home a little later on this morning because of some interesting observations from people getting soaked. Uh, anyway, more on that. There's absolute tragedy, again, from the roads of Ireland on the front page of all of the papers this morning. Two families are suffering from shock and trauma after the deaths of two best pals in a crash on their way to their Debs. That's the fun first uh, first paragraph from The Sun this morning. The headline says, This is our worst nightmare. Uh, Kia McCann, age 17, and Diava Muhammad, age 16, uh, were heading um, to their Debs when their car hit a tree in Clonus in County Monaghan. And all of the papers this morning carried on their front pages, together with photographs of the teens in their Debs dresses just hours before the tragedy emerged uh, last night. Your life was only starting, it's so cruel, is the front page making this morning star. Teens were being driven to the ball when the car struck a tree. Now, uh, they were best friends, um, and it happened on uh, Monday evening, uh, just over an hour before what was meant to be the best night of their lives. Apparently, the car was travelling in a large number of vehicles. There was a convoy of them going to the Debs, and they had um, a lovely party in various homes and all, with balloons and cake and food and, and champagne, and they had their designated drivers and everything. Apparently, the driver of the car that um, Diava and uh, Kia were in was this man in his 60s who apparently had a really nice car, a lovely white BMW, and he offered to take them uh, to the Debs in style. Uh, He is in a critical condition in hospital. Um, Heartbroken dad of one of the girls, um, the dad of Kia McCann, um, told how he desperately tried to revive his daughter and her best friend after the tragic crash claimed their lives. Uh, He um, actually arrived on the scene And the Independent has that part of the story this morning where he told the Independent, I tried to revive them, but there was nothing I could do. All I could do was ask that they be put lying together. Uh, Dad Frankie held Kia in his arms, according to the Mirror's front page this morning. 
He held her in his arms, held his daughter in, in his arms as she died just after he arrived at the scene. It's just awfully, awfully sad because life can be so cruel uh, to some people. Uh, like those two wonderful girls who were so, so young. Uh, meanwhile, we're having a bad year with regards to road deaths for the first six months of 2023. It's the worst in six years, according to the Road Safety Authority. That's a story that makes them mirror this morning. They say 100 people have been killed this year, which is 11 more than this time last year. And if the trend continues, we could be looking at up to 168 lives could be lost on Irish roads before the end of December. Um, and they also reveal from the RSA in the papers today that um, the fatal smashes occur most between 8pm and 8am when roads are at their quietest. Isn't that interesting? Uh, there are other deaths being talked of in the papers today, including the death back in 1981 of Nora Sheehan. Uh, 42 years on, the prosecution are now telling the jury, you have all the evidence you need to convict Noel Long, age 74, who denies the murder of Nora Sheehan. There's some lengthy coverage uh, of the case in this morning's paper. Nora's body was found um, in the uh, Shippool Woods area in Cork six days after she went missing back in 1981. And Noel Long from Passage West has pleaded not guilty to her murder uh, back in 1981. And um, I think now both sides have summed up and now it will be down to the judge to direct the jury. Uh, Of course, I know it's just the start of August, but you know the way it is. Um, In spite of the fact that people, some haven't even gone on their holidays, um, the papers are starting to talk about the cost of returning to school. So we're looking actually at a report from Bernardo's, by all accounts, who are looking at secondary school price returns and primary school price returns. They're giving an example that sending a fourth class pupil back in primary school will cost at least €320 in September. Um, And then the equivalent then for a fifth year student would be almost €1,000. So over half of the parents who were surveyed by Bernardo's are saying that they are worried about how they pay for things like a school uniform, not to mention the voluntary contribution or the school books or the classroom resources they have to pay for or the digital costs that are now involved in sending children to school. And some are saying they have to borrow from financial institutions or borrow from family members to finance the sending back to secondary and primary school of their children. Awfully sad. Um, One way that Bernardo say it could help families is to extend the free book scheme to secondary schools as well. And that's a story that makes this morning's Irish Independent. Uh, I was talking about fatalities on our roads being up year on year. Sadly, the number of domestic abuse offences are likewise up 13% on last year. Would you believe that there were 45,000 uh, offences related to domestic, sexual and gender-based violence in 2022 alone? 45,000 And that's just something that's very alarming because those numbers continue to go up. The more we talk about it, the more help there is, the more intervention, the numbers still go up. Bruce Springsteen, actually, Seamus was telling me the last time that Springsteen played Leaside, he didn't do the river. So if he's coming back to Parky Queen for a couple of gigs, maybe they should make it a precondition of to sign in writing, enter a contract for the gig saying that he will perform the river. But back he is coming. Ralph Regal has the exclusive. There was rumours about it a few weeks ago. But apparently to uh, Ralphie, who's a huge Springsteen fan himself, I give him a bell actually and chat with him about these upcoming gigs, Ralph Regal at the Independent. Two concerts, 16th and the 18th of May of next year for Porky Cueve. Now, no plans for Dublin, but also apparently plans for Kilkenny, 
but two at Parky Cueve. So something to look forward to for next year. Also, something to look forward to is y'all who are getting set for the Ironman Festival that happens from the 18th to 20th of August. And uh, hopefully they'll get a bit of weather for it, but big crowds will attend because they put it on so well at the people of y'all. And good luck to them for it. I hope all goes well. And if you're checking in or checking out of Cork Airport in the coming days or weeks, you will probably notice um, new check-ins. These are the automated ones for Ryanair, the express bag check-in kiosks that they've just installed there. Save you loads and loads of time. No grief. Oh, and by the way, talking about grief... I don't have time to go into the research because it's very hard to work it out in the first place. But suffice to say, there's research out this morning saying having three girls, having three daughters can kill a mother's sense of well-being. You would think that that would be three boys. You would think that the mother, a mother, a woman would be secretly yearning for a daughter. And that's all very well with the one or maybe the two. But apparently um, it all goes pear-shaped when you have three daughters and no sons, apparently. And one other bit of research for you this morning. If you work hard and you're up early during the week and you like a Sunday lion, think again. Research in the English Times this morning is saying that having a lion in the weekend makes you fat. Or am I allowed to say the three-letter F word anymore? Let me just put it this way. Having a lion on a Sunday leads to weight gain because it disrupts the balance of healthy bacteria in your gut. Like your gut is used to doing what you do Monday to Friday, getting up early, going out working hard, and it just can't work out what's happening on a Sunday morning. It's even made worse if you have the big fry up in bed, I suppose. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. Cork's Red FM. Kind of sad about the uh, the weather, isn't it? Unfortunately, and this business about midair and saying, um, you know, maybe they should keep their powder dry and hope for the best, saying that August isn't going to be a whole lot better. Um, at the weekend, um, there was a lot of rain fell. I mean, it was very hard to plan anything. I was... I was down in southwest Kerry and you just got hammered with the wind and hammered with the rain. And unfortunately, there was an awful lot of families with young children. And it was sad uh, to see them uh, traipse in the roads or the villages or trying to go on walks or try and do things. I saw some kids yesterday morning jumping off the pier in Knightstown in Valencia in the teeming rain. And they were having the greatest time of their life because the rain didn't bother them. And they had all sorts of... uh, uh, games going on, pushing each other into the water and snorkeling and stuff like that in spite of the weather. But then um, th- there's a lot of there's a lot of issues, I think. I've, no- I've noticed anyway, I don't know if you guys are listening to me down in West Cork or Kerry, wherever you might be listening in Ireland, uh, where there isn't enough places for people to eat. And of course, when the weather is bad, more people go indoors and they head into restaurants or cafes or bars. So it's a bit of a push on now. Uh, because not all of the cafes and restaurants or bars open in the start of the week. You know, a lot of the hatches where you can get fabulous food. There could be fish hatches or others are burger hatches and others do pizza. They, uh, all too often, they just do stuff on Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays and Sundays, which is kind of weird, really, because you would think that there would be business on the earlier part of the week as well. But it's just that you notice people coming in or trying to get into restaurants. There's queues out the doors again, now, particularly when it's wet, and they just don't have the place places to put everybody. So it's a big investment, a holiday in Ireland, isn't it? Ireland's not a cheap country by any stretch of the imagination. You pay top dollar for everything here. And then when it rains, of course, you end up having to spend even more money to occupy occupy the kids. So it's a, it's a tough one. I mean, it costs you a couple of grand now 
uh, for maybe a week or, or 10 days in Ireland if you got two or three kids with you. Think about it like it would do. You don't guarantee the weather either. So you feel sorry for people. And that then apparently is leading, as reading yesterday, to an increase in seasonal affective disorder, whereby we had three weeks of an absolute blazing heat wave um, at the back end of, bloody hell, was it the back end of May? It was the back end of May, maybe early June. And everybody then expected that the entire summer was going to be just like that. And of course, it wasn't and it hasn't been. Not suggesting it won't be. But people get down about that then thinking, why? Why? Like, why? Why can't we get more? I suppose all too often we think we live in the Mediterranean. So that's kind of sad, isn't it? Anyway, if uh, you've thoughts on that, text 0868104106. It ain't cheap here, and it's not, um, it's not anything to be sniffed at when it's raining and your holidays in Ireland and you have to fill the time with children. That will cost you even more. Talking about filling things, um, I see the story yesterday where motorists up the country um, in Kill a petrol station in Kill, in County Kildare, for five hours on Saturday morning, all of the petrol pumps at the station were actually um, impacted by an isolated incident where diesel was delivered into the petrol underground storage tank. So all across Saturday morning for about five hours, uh, people um, were putting the wrong fuel. They were putting diesel into their cars when they thought they were putting in petrol. Now, I wondered about that and we shared this online and apparently a lot of people have done this in the past. A lot of texts came in um, and I'll read out some of those with regards to people who've had fuel nightmare mix up themselves. But Ray Kavanagh uh, is in the motor trade for 52 years. One of his biggest business uh, enterprises in the past 15 years is dealing with what he calls misfuels. Ray, good morning. Good morning to you, Neil. So you have a rescue call-out service, right? Yeah, we've been operating fuel rescue for the last 15 years. Basically, the service that we provide is for uh, motorists who have uh, inadvertently put uh, the wrong fuel in their vehicle. Um, the incident in Kill uh, is quite unusual. It, it happens occasionally, but very, very unusual. What happened? Uh, Do you know what happened there? Um, well, the story that I, I have uh, is exactly what um, uh, Circle K have published in social media, uh, that uh, one of the tanker drivers just basically put diesel into uh, a petrol tank and um, their, their pumps were dispensing, uh, their, sorry, their petrol pumps were dispensing diesel for a number of hours, um, which caused quite a number of cars to uh, break down. Okay. Okay, so let's just drill into that a little bit. What damage is done to a petrol car that has diesel in the tank and vice versa? Um, If you put diesel into a petrol car, uh, it'll start, it'll run fine for a very short period of time. uh, But once the the fuel travels from the tank to the engine, the engine will uh, will stall. Uh, It may cut out completely. But in any event, uh, you're now in a situation where you need to have the complete fuel system pumped out, drained and flushed with clean fuel. And in 99% of the cases, uh, that, that's all that has to be done. Uh, but there's always a slim chance of, of doing uh, further damage to it, but it's very, very unusual. Okay. And is it the same the other way around, where you put it's petrol a bit, in a diesel? The, the other way around is a little bit more involved, and it, it varies enormously from car to car. If you put petrol in a diesel car, petrol is basically a solvent, whereas diesel is a lubricant. So you can't lubricate something with a solvent. Uh, components within the engine can overheat and uh, cause significant damage. Oh, so if uh, you put it, petrol in a diesel, it does more damage. damage? 
yeah, it, 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 it can be far worse. It's not always the case that it will do damage, but there's a, a higher probability of doing damage. So. Okay, okay. So would, if there's damage to any of these, would Circle K be found wanting there in the sense that they might have to pick up the tab? I don't think so. I think Circle K came out, put their hands up straight away, and uh, uh, they've set up a helpline, and they they are they are um, t- dealing with the individual cases uh, on on, uh, on a case by case basis. And most people that I've spoken to have had no difficulty with Circle K. Circle K have come out um, and basically said that, that they'll pick up the tab for any. Uh, any fuel drains. Oh, right. Them. Any fuel drains. They yeah, will pick any up fuel the drains or, 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 or any subsequent damage. So they've been checking all of their CCTV footage, getting ridges yeah. of all of the cars on Saturday morning. Absolutely. But explain yeah. to me, you know, the nozzles, the actual nozzles right. themselves, they're, they're different yeah. sizes, aren't they? How come one can yeah. f- d- explain what fits into what and what doesn't? Well, in, in, the, in, in, the, in the event that happened on Saturday, um, it was dispensed through a petrol nozzle. A petrol nozzle is a much smaller nozzle than a diesel one, but unfortunately there was diesel coming out of it. So that nozzle is 19 millimetre. It'll go into any tank, basically. Oh, uh, so the petrol nozzle will go into petrol and diesel, but diesel correct. nozzle will only go into diesel. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So your call-outs then are probably the petrol nozzle into diesel, is it? We, we, the majority of, of the, the callers that we do are uh, petrol and diesel. Um, we still get quite an amount of diesel and petrol. Um, where there's a will, there's a way, and people will force um, the, the diesel um, nozzle into petrol. It, it can be done. It's difficult to do. But it, it Why would they do it? it? Sure, surely they'd get alarm bells would ring if it wasn't going in. Um, you'd think so, but uh, unfortunately people have, have this... Uh, at this fixation, when they go into a filling station, that's, uh, that they've got uh, they've got to fill their car. They just grab whatever nozzle it is, and away you go. It, it's just a, a momentary lapse of concentration. That's all it is, you know. Yeah, and do look. Apparently, you've done thousands of misfuels in the last fifteen oh, yeah. years. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We have three vans going twenty four seven. You know, just going out flushing engines. Correct. Yeah, and. Yeah. Have you any research to back up whether it's more men are doing it, these mishaps, than women? Or the age groups? Um, age groups, we're going in from teenagers to people in their 80s, so there, there is no specific age group there. And uh, unfortunately, I'm going to sort of betray my gender here and let you know there's mostly men. Oh, no, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God, I get in trouble now for sounding surprised. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you know, if, if somebody even asked, asked that question, um, so, you know, you, you, you'd be accused of being sexist. Yeah. So thank God you gave the right answer then for us men. Yeah. More men. Why though? Why? Why? Like, uh, I think, I think, I think men regard nothing to do with a car as a bit of a motor skill, whereas women would be a little bit more attentive to what they're actually doing. In the, the, the women are concentrating more then. I think so. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Men are daydreaming, or preoccupied, or just well. Yeah, it's 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 just a car to a man, whereas you know it's it's a, it's a, it's an intricate piece of machinery to a woman. You know. I would have thought it was the other way around. <laughs> there you go. I get in trouble again for that. Yeah, Moving yeah, swiftly yeah. along, and are they mortified when they have to call you out? Most most people are are, are grand. Some of them get a bit bit grumpy when when they discover the cost of, of this service. But uh, um, most people are delighted to see us, especially when, when they can get back on the road. You know, with a minimum of fuss instead of having the car towed off to a garage and be left without it for a few days. Yeah, we're, and that would be that yeah, would be the ca- yeah, yeah that would be the case where it's gone for 
major work if it's petrol into a diesel you do the flushing of pet of diesel into into petrol how expensive is it um it it, it varies from car to car it, it also varies on the distance we have to travel um anything from 250 300 euro uh, sort of thing it it it, it, it really depends on the amount of time we have to spend uh, getting to the vehicle and actually pumping the, the, the tank out and the fuel lines out. You have, you have contracts with state companies and insurance companies and all sorts we, of companies. We, we, we do work for insurance companies. Uh, I can't say who they are, but we do work for um, quite a number of the insurance companies. We do work for the AA. We do work for um, quite, a, of the, uh, quite a number of the state bodies. We, we, um, we're involved with uh, people like the... Uh, National Ambulance Service and people like that. Uh, it, it happens, you know. Mm. I wonder should there be warning at petrol pumps, you know, where the minute you pick up the nozzle, an automated voice, of course, it probably would put you out of business, an automated yeah. voice would say, are you sure you're filling the car with the right fuel? That, that was introduced um, a, a number of years ago, but people still did it. Um, once, you, once you pick up a particular nozzle, it will start telling you, you know, exactly what fuel uh, you're going to put into your vehicle, but... Uh, it never really took off, and I think it's been abandoned since. You know? And what's the company if people want to make a mental note of it in case they ever do this themselves? How can they get in touch with you? Um, our, our service is Fuel Rescue. We're based in the Greater Dublin area. We cover Dublin, Kildare, Mead, and Wicklow. Is there no one down here doing it? Oh, absolutely. Uh, we, we, we have a, a, a network of people throughout the country. Uh, in, in the Cork area, our, uh, our favourite um, guy down there is SOS Recovery in Cork. Uh, Sean O'Sullivan is the operator there. And he he's a he's a very efficient service. He's doing it over ten years now. Fair play to him. Fair play to him. And never busier, says you, Ray. Right? Oh, God bless them all. I pray for the customers every night <laughs> that they may never change their habits. <laughs> well, we we have a, we have a list of what we call re- repeat offenders. And what? To, you mean some people do it more than once? Oh, we've been out to people five, six, seven times. <laughs> Take the keys off them, man, will you? Ah, no, no, we're we're good friends now, you know. <laughs> Christmas cards and birthday cards, inviting to oh. weddings and all sorts of things. Exactly, exactly. All right, thanks, Ray. Nice chatting with you. Good luck. Okay, thank you. All the best. <laughs> Repeat offenders as well as everything else. It reminds me of ADM locksmiths, you know, ADM locksmiths. They're in Cork and um, they have a service. Uh, and they were chatting with me on the air, I don't know, it might have been last year or the year before, uh, where they will come out if you've locked your child. If your child gets locked into your car, they don't charge for it. I was chatting with them recently, actually, uh, and one of the lads was telling me, I said, like, how often, you know, do you, do you get called out? Like, I thought it was maybe every second day. He says, ah, maybe two or three times a month. So it's not too bad. But in the event that your child is locked into the car and you can't get them out and the keys are inside, whatever the case may be, remember, ADM locksmiths. Text 0868-104-106. Laura says, I put 30 euro of diesel into a petrol car on the way to Killarney. Trip was cancelled anyway, and I had to get the car totally cleaned out. Well, the engine and the tank anyway. Harriet says, my partner put petrol in a diesel car. He, his was petrol and the company car was diesel. So the nozzle fit. If it was the other way around, it wouldn't have fit. Then you have the clowns in Circle K who put the wrong fuel into the underground tank, affecting 80-odd cars. Uh, another one, Neil, I got one for you. I went, to a, I went to Cork petrol station and used the LPG pump. My car, which runs on dual fuel, petrol and LPG, it normally takes 50 euro to fill the LPG tank. I stopped at 65, thinking something was leaking or whatever. Went into the cashier, only to find out that they were charging 156 a litre. 
It cost me around 87 cent a litre in most other stations selling LPG in Cork. No price displayed on the forecourt, so I thought nothing more about it, thinking it can't be much dearer than a euro. But I got robbed. It's disgraceful that this garage was hiding the price. Mike says petrol will fit the diesel, but not the other way around. And Jerry says I had a Renault van. I hated it. I accidentally put petrol into it one evening. I was told to top it up with diesel, so I did. Um, It went for another two years after that. I don't know what you got to hate about a Renault van. It did the deed for you and drove on. It was a valiant van, if nothing else. Back to the phone lines we go. Text 0868104106. Robert. Morning, Luke. How are you, pal? Your Mercedes, was it? Passed look a few years ago. Yeah, no, um, we were um, we were we were going down down West Bank for a spin, and just a different slant in it now. But yep. I think it probably worth bringing to people's attention. We we pulled into a, a petrol station, and um, I put in about seventy euros. I think was the amount I put in, right? So it was a, a lot of a lot of fuel, like a lot of diesel, and um, paid for it, and went off out the road. Probably within about three or four miles, the car started missing, you know, what I would call pinking or just funny sound out of the engine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was never saying, what's going wrong here? Spluttering and, and stuttering and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah it yeah. completely stopped on the side of the road. So um, at the time, there was a rescue service attached to the, the make, like, so we rang them in and they came out. And he said, uh, I'm afraid, he said, I think you might have water on your diesel. So he goes, Water? So he says, yeah, he says, I think there's a bit of water in your diesel. So now, um, he actually loaded up the car and he brought us back, back um, past the station. So I said to him, look, would you mind pulling up here? So I pulled up in there and I went into the person that owned the petrol station. I said, I said, I'm after getting diesel there. I said, and he, he's saying, no, there's water in the diesel. What's the story? So they said, oh, nothing wrong with all these. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, anyway, it, when we were in the forecourt, my wife and myself, we do remember um, a filling um, a, a truck um, dispensing fuel. So I, that was one point that stuck in our heads. So now we got the, the car assessed in there by um, Mr. Ballard and Cork, you know, George. I do know and, him, yeah, uh, the assessor. Yeah. Yeah. And um, he came down and he checked the fuel and there was, I think, 70% or a huge margin of water on the fuel needle. And he said, um, they, he obviously went to, the ta- went to the garage where the car was and checked the tank. This is all organised and the garage wanted to do anything with the car until the assessor looked at it. Yeah. 70% water on the fuel. So I said, don't you? He said, listen, he said, Robert, he says, we're doing this every, every day of the week. This is a regular occurrence. So I, I, I was shocked, you know. So then eventually it worked out, Neil, that there had to be every fuel component in the car had to be replaced. From the petrol tank right up to the the fuel rails and the engine, all the pipes. It's a complex machine, like a Mercedes theory, diesel. Yeah, but there was about thirty um, fuel components in the car had to be taken off and replaced. It took about six weeks to fix the car, and um, I was getting no satisfaction from the garage. But how? What? Uh, okay, I, I don't want to interrupt. Carry on. Yeah. 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 Right. Well, the the crux of the thing, to cut a long story short, the crux was when sometimes you're inside the petrol station, you see out of use on um, a nozzle. Yeah. And my understanding is that when the fuel in the tank runs down below a certain level, they shut it down and they get it filled. And we found out that diesel floats in water. And some old tanks do contain a certain amount of water. That's just a part of the, 
I don't know what it is. Is it coming off the fuel needle or is it in the, the ground or whatever? But anyway, there's something with the water in the tank, but it stays under the fuel when it's diesel on top. Yeah, I get you, because the diesel floats. So what, what was happening in the garage was they were getting a fill from the truck into the tank that I was getting fuel out of. Obviously, it was being stirred up and obviously the water came to the top and obviously I got that water. Right, okay. And were you able to so prove there, that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We we had a fairly serious um, investigation into it and because there was a lot of money involved. A lot of money, you know. And um, we brought, we had to go legal in it, unfortunately. And, you know, they stuck out until the steps of the court deal, but eventually they gave in. And what was up. the cost involved? Oh, it was thousands, it was, it was a lot of money, a lot of money. You know. So the, the, car was, the car was completely written, almost written off, you know, so we had to get it all fixed up. Can I give, uh, can I give a more accurate figure, though? Over 15,000. Yeah. It's like, because Seamus told me it was nearly 20 grand's worth. Yeah. Yeah, well, by the time we had, we, we had a hired car, Neil, we had to overnight where we were staying, we had to come home um, by bus, we had to um, hire a car for the six weeks. It was a huge amount of expense. But steps of the court, and it was the steps of the court job, as, as, as you said. Had to be Neil on fast because it was too much money, and I, we couldn't we couldn't um, put a claim in. We wouldn't, you know what I mean? It wasn't ours. Came to God so almighty. So the bottom line is like that. If I ever see a truck in a four court now, I'll drive on. Stay away until things settle down. Yeah. No, yeah. other people might come on now and say that, but this actually happened to us, and um, it was proved. And as I said. 20 grand's worth for water and the fuel. I wonder what will happen to the misfortunate fellow who um, who actually delivered the... Uh, what did he do again? He put diesel into the petrol tank underground. I mean, he's going to have uh, some serious questions to answer that misfortunate well, worker. Well, I'd, I'm not sure to see. I was, it was interesting. I was I was expecting the man you had on there, you know, if he, if he had mentioned water, because he didn't mention water. But um, no, um, no. That, that, it's a rare occurrence, I'd say, probably nowadays, you know. I borrowed a buddy's va- a van years ago. He had a diesel van, right? I don't know what the story was or the reason why. And I had to drive uh, way down west along. Um, and I kind of misjudged the fuel that was in the tank, right? And I ended up uh, running out of um, diesel about um, 300 yards outside of Glen Bay, right? Uh, yep. You might as well have been 300 miles or 300 yards if the car doesn't start. Like, it just cut out completely. Um, it was diesel. Um, I went up anyway, walked into the village and got a petrol, got a, got a tanker, you know, a little container of diesel and brought it back and put it into the, uh, into the tank. But it wouldn't start. It just wouldn't start at all. So then I had to call out a mechanic, uh, and this thing went on and on and on. I think the call out for that was about 150 euro. He said that in certain diesels, if they run out of fuel, the older ones, an airlock moves in, right? Uh, and you have to have all of the lines cleaned and flushed out so that the diesel will run again. I don't know if that still happens, but um, it's just worth noting that you really don't want your car to run out either. So you don't. No, no, in actual fact, my son knows a mechanic now, and he'd, he'd say, you know, like, never leave your car run down, ever, you know what I mean? I always keep it well topped up, um, because it's just, you know, when you go down to the reserves, like, it's, it's, it's you know, not inside your tank, you know? There's all gank Especially, at the end of the tank, isn't there, and gunk and stuff, and you're just yeah, kind yeah, of stirring yeah. it all up. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So, um, um, and words. just just another quick one. There, when I have it there, um, I heard there yesterday on the radio, a couple broke down on the M15 Dublin there um, a week ago. They got a puncher. And they called out a rescue service and uh, man came out in a standard car, changed the tyre and charged them €380. Euro. 
Are you insane? What? And did <laughs> they pay it? Euro. Were they tourists? Yeah. Yeah, well, she actually was an Irish lady coming back from Belgium. She was going up to, up to Donegal and uh, broke down the M50, lashing rain, called the service, and uh, 380 euro. How long? I mean, how far did he have to drive? I don't know. But they, that's, that's absolutely criminal, you know? Isn't it? Taking advantage of people like that? Oh, my God. Listen, oh, and by the way, thank you for tipping me off to Fanny Lumsden and the Prawn Stars. It was you got in touch and we had them here in studio. You're very good. They were playing down in the bar, as I know. Great gig, and thank you for the recommendation they played yeah, in the studio. Yeah, and you can, she must have telling me you can keep the sticker on O'Neill because that, I was enough trouble with that long ago and I ain't taking that sticker on Oh, that. it's just a sticker you put on your car. It's just the word, yeah. it's just the word Fanny. You have a problem yeah, with that, no, do you? Oh, there's a few, the few symbols before us. Oh, no? I, oh, yeah, I love Fanny. Why would that get you into trouble, though? <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> Good luck. With, We'll park that one, Neil. We will. We'll park it there. Hear my reversing lights. Good luck. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818-104-106. Red FM. Maybe that's why more and more people are buying electric cars. The take up on electric cars the first six months of the year. Very, very positive for those who are making them. I wonder how positive for those who are driving them, though. I see more and more people also they uh, given back their electric cars. One of the main reasons is because they can't find enough places to charge them as they go about their lives. Text 0868 Somebody says, is Neil so stupid? He's asking that man about the size of the nozzle on petrol pumps at Circle K. The nozzles were fine. It was the fuel in the underground tank was wrong. Yes, I do know that. What happened was for five hours... Um, people were filling up their cars with the wrong fuel because the fellow who delivered the fuel um, put a diesel into the underground petrol storage tanker. I understand all of that. I was saying that if the nozzles were completely different, people wouldn't be able to put fuel in. I know that in this case, the nozzle was right and the fuel was wrong. But just in general terms of people making those kind of mistakes, like what if, for instance, the petrol nozzle was square, right? And the diesel nozzle was circular or oval they'd never fit because you can't put a square peg into a round hole as the fellow says anyway text 0868 a couple of interesting stories from Michael one involves being locked out of his car Michael good morning good morning how are you um, it says here you're a farmer but you still know your way around cars well I'd imagine as a farmer you'd know your way around machinery for sure you would but go ahead well, anyway well there was basically, basically I, I had a few cows that had that they were calving late in, late enough in the year and I left them running with the herd. And I said, sure, if they calve, I, I, I can see them more, I can see them more often. And I, one, one morning I came down to the field and there was a calf running around the field. And I said, right, right. Uh, this little one come up the yard anyway with the cows because he gets, he gets squashed. So I said, right, I'll put him into the back of my Jeep and he'll be fine. It was a bit of a job to catch him first, but I got him into the, into the jeep and he lay down and I said, "That's grand, that'll be fine." And I left the cows out the field and I said, "I'll fix the fire, the wire now before before I go milking." And went back to my jeep and there was the calf in the front of the jeep and locked my jeep. <laughs> he hit a button on the door and. It was, I was like, oh, crap. There was no talking to him, like, he couldn't see sense nor reason to open it for you. Oh, no, you know, there, there, there was no way of, of bargaining with this fella at all. 
you should so, have just said, I'll leave him there when he gets hungry enough, he'll come out. <laughs> I, I was very, I was, let's just say, only that I was too, it was too far from the yard, I would have said, yeah, just stay there and I'll talk to you later. <laughs> so I had to go down and get a piece of wire to find, to, to, get, to get the door open. <laughs> And the man was happy out. He got into the he got into the front of the seat, front of the jeep, and lay down lay down like a dog in the front of the seat. And I was like, "You want lazy? <laughs> You're for a kip." <laughs> so he could have been worse. He could have gone for a CRAP. A CRAP. <laughs> oh, he didn't. He didn't. Thank thank God for that. I can tell you, thank God for that. But he was. He, he, I'm completely. I went to sleep. And when it took, it took me a bit to get into the jeep because trying to find a wire in the middle of a field is, oh. But we managed, we managed it anyway, and we said we, I drove way up, and he was sound asleep in the jeep, and he was happy out. But I said the one time I put a cap into the jeep, and he, and the smug face of him and everything, he looking up, doing kind of looking, doing the kind of I did nothing. Oh, you can, you can tell, can you, when a calf is a smug look or a calf is oh, smiling at you? Way, it's just the way he just looks. He, 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 look, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's like one of the, it's like the, the woman, the woman giving you the eye. He <laughs> turned around and kind of saying, <laughs> I got you, mate. <laughs> Come here, I was talking to a farmer at the weekend and he was telling me he got pinned up against a wall by a cow. He says it was, he was all on his own it was at night it was during calving um, yeah. he, was ma- he was making the point that cows who are calving or just giving birth some of them can be very angry very protective um, is that true? Yes I have I, I have been thrown over gates I have been pinned as well only that I've got a, I've got enough essential uh, fat in my stomach to get away from it um, but yes they get very no, you know, it, it's pure it's, it's nature it's they're, they're just protective. It's it's when even if the they say the wild the, the wild buffaloes and all that crap, they're protecting their calf out in the wild. Oh, I understand uh, the reasons behind it, but he was saying to me that it was an awful lot worse because the cow attacked him from behind, so he didn't see her yeah. coming. You see. Well, that's the, that's the one fault. If you go into a pin when there's a cow um, and she's after calving, you have to keep your wits open and make sure you've got any strategy to get out. Because I have been thrown over gates. God I have been almighty. flipped over gates. You know, but but it, it, it's nothing malice. It is, it's nothing malice. It's just it's, it's common nature. She, she's protecting her cat. You would expect it from a bull, but now I hear tell it can be cows as well. Oh, no. I, no I, I have a bull at home and he won't move out your way until he scratches back. <laughs> he's, he's a lady. I, I, I have it on my social media. Um, read his name. He will scratch his back and he moved in. He's a, la- he's a lazy geese. No, he's just he's a, a, he's a lover, not a fighter. He's built for loving. The man says to me, the farmer says to me, there's some great walks off my land, he says, and there's some lovely caves there, and you should go over someday and walk down to the caves. I said, I'd love to do that. He said, just be careful to switch off the electric fire, the electric fence first. I said, I've often touched those, and you just get a tiny little buzz off them. He says, do you like a heart attack? Did like getting a heart attack? <laughs> I've been there. Let's just say, don't fall into a water truck and hit the men's at the same time. Oh, you you feel, you feel like you're a 15 year old all over again. We'll be buzzing. We'll be buzzing for 10 minutes. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my man. Nice chatting with you. Don't be, don't be a stranger, Michael. Good luck. <laughs> Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 086-810-4106. Red FM.
And right across the week, in association with Multitrip Blue Insurance, and everybody should have a travel insurance policy if you're having overseas, heading overseas, it's to save you an awful lot of drama. We have €250 plus one Multitrip travel insurance policies to give away all this week, courtesy of Multitrip Blue Insurance. Um, So all this week, you have an opportunity to sort all of that for your holidays, and it lasts for the year, and it's the business, and everything will be cool, and you'll have an awful less worry uh, as you head overseas. So, uh, three different songs, three different artists. The clue is, the songs are all holiday, travel and adventure related, but we want artists and titles. So don't call just yet. I'll open the phone lines sometime between 11 and midday today, but here they are. All right, those three songs, artists and titles in the right order. When I open the phone lines for a 250 euro plus one multi-trip, uh, sorry, multi-trip.com travel insurance uh, policy. On the Irish women's football team, was chatting with Rory about this. Rivera should get out as soon as she can, go somewhere where she'll be appreciated and let the women go the same way as the men. Not quite sure what that is. You're saying downhill, I guess. Uh, welcome back unexpectedly. Can we send Mick Mulcahy our best wishes? You should set up a studio in your home in Port McGee like uh, Ray Foley did in Dublin. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't expecting to be back for a couple of days, but here I am nonetheless and all will be well again. Uh, Jonathan Healy should be here on Friday and hopefully all will be good next week. But happy to pop back in again. You just need to uh, jump in when you need it. Would you please wish my son Aaron a very happy birthday for Monday? Happy birthday to Saul for Friday. Saul is holidaying in Cork from Barcelona with my grandsons Theo and Sam. We listen here every day, living in El Masnou, just outside Barcelona. By the way, the weather here is absolutely gorgeous in El Masnou, Barcelona. It's 31 degrees. Having breakfast on the beach with my family as we listen to you. Thank you so much. Well... Yes, I'm envious of it. 31's a bit too hot for me, uh, but envious nonetheless. And then somebody else sent me a photograph of their pool view from their apartment in Lanzarote. <laughs> Listening to Neil talking about the weather. So I just said I'd show you the weather here in Lanzarote. <laughs> and I wish you hadn't, because that sky is the most beautiful colour blue. Another one or two. Climate change you're talking about. We're getting none of the benefits of climate change heat. 2,000 years ago, the Romans called Ireland Hibernia, which means land of eternal winter. (laughs) Things haven't changed much, says Paddy. Fair play. Keep those texts coming. Text 0868104106. Now, the Neil Prenderville Show, Red FM. Uh, We're chatting earlier on about uh, putting the wrong fuel into cars and what have you. Six to seven times repeat offenders. Yes, indeed. That's what Barry said. Six, seven times some people have done it. I nearly had to pull over. I was laughing so much. I did it once with my scooter, but I was only 19 and it was the day that I won it. So I had to wait for my fun. You won the scooter. Oh, lovely, jubbly. Um, a question for you. Uh, when you talk of fuel, why is home heating oil so expensive? Is this yet again more rip-off Ireland in full operation? 500 litres of home heating oil, 520 euro. If you ordered this before the Ukrainian war, it would have been half the price. I I don't know. I mean, I don't know whether it's a rip-off or whether it's more greed. They say that fuel prices have come way down um, for gas and oil and stuff like that. But one of the reasons been given is that they, they buy for years in advance um, at a particular price. That's what they say. 
so the reason it's so expensive is they bought it at a dear time I don't know uh, you couldn't make it up after the time you know with regards to deaths on our road Paul says the RSA told us years ago that the NCT would sort out a lot of the road accidents and deaths the NCT should be scrapped it's a money making racket the RSA is not fit for purpose either we've been talking about oh this is um, this is blatant sexism in operation here this text women haven't a clue when it comes to cars, open the bonnet and they'll say things like, oh, lovely things, says Kiron. That is just blatant sexism, backed up this morning by information from those that know, who tell us that more men than women put the wrong fuel into their motor cars. More men than women do it. Uh, can I just mention one other thing? Because I want to talk to SOS Recovery, Sean O'Sullivan, in a second. But see that research that's out this morning saying that Lynx Africa deodorant is Ireland's greatest fragrance of all time. Now, surely what they mean by that is Ireland's greatest deodorant fragrance of all time. Apparently, Irish men have chosen Lynx Africa as their favourite scent, according to this new survey that's probably done by uh, Lynx. But you can't argue with it. Uh, It's the vanilla and geranium body spray, widely recognised for its striking aroma. So how can... Vanilla and geranium be called Lynx Africa, unless these are scents that are very much synonymous with the continent of Africa. But Lynx Africa, I wonder, is it yours? And if so, is it roll-on or spray? Is it the roll-on or the can? I have to admit um, that I don't have any particular exclusive um, um, love of any um, deodorant as such. I go by price. It's not that I'm mean or anything, but I just scan all of the prices because all of the cans look the same. They all have the same content and I just pick up the cheapest one. How many people are like me? Do you go for the cheapest on the day and that does you just fine? I mean, who even notices anyway, whether it's Lynx Africa or a can of Brute or whatever the case may be. But anyway, apparently it's Lynx Africa. Of course, you wouldn't want to be the same as everybody else, would you? If everyone is using the same spray your kind of exclusive scent is gone because you just smell like everybody else. Anyway, text on that. Text 0868104106. Um, the very minute I mention electric cars, of course, texts start coming in. Um, and not everybody is happy, even if they have an electric car. If someone's plugged into the charger for the day, you cannot just plug them out. They plug in for the day and they go away, but because the car is locked, of course, the charger, the EV charger into their car is locked as well, so you can't take it out. Uh, Very interesting. It makes you wonder if electric cars are a waste of time for the time being until we we have a better green energy. Um, Actually, I'm not quite sure what that texture is saying in what way there could be a, a waste of time. Imagine some would say that they are making a difference to the environment apart from the cost to produce and to make the lithium batteries. We got an electric car, just try and take it off us. The best car we ever bought. Just because one person can speak badly about it, it doesn't mean that they know what they're talking about. Um, People who want to get off their high horse uh, and get away from combustion engines, says Jer. Thank you for that. And of course, if it was an electric car, then you wouldn't have um, fuel going into the wrong tank, as in petrol into diesel or diesel into petrol. Just on that though, I was chatting earlier on about those that come out and sort the problem out for you. Down here on Side, it's Sean O'Sullivan of SOS Recovery. Sean, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Um, and of course, when all petrol and diesel cars are gone, you'll be out of business, I suppose, because electric. 
we, we'll still be there, Neil. We've a few trucks to tow when they break down as well. So. Well, true enough. And even after, yeah. you know, when they say yeah. 2030, don't they? No more electric, yeah. no more diesel or cars made. But people will still be driving for a long time after that in the month. Eh? I'd say they'll be still there for my lifetime anyway. And hopefully along with into my kids. Uh, they'll see you out, yeah. Yeah, um, they'll see you, me out anyway. You set up in 2005, is it? Yeah, 2005, November 2005. But you found then a few years after that, because this is a general SOS recovery, you found yeah. that a lot of your call-outs were actually fuel-related. There were fuel-related at weekends and, and, you know, evening time. It's uh, someone is heading to Dublin or they're heading to get a boat and they put in the wrong fuel and their car, everything comes to a stop. They oh. can't, they can't go any further. They didn't. We will go out towing their cars and bring it to a garage, which we still do because we always give the customer the option of going to a garage. And we they were without their car, and in some in some instances, people were cancelling their holidays by a week, like you know. So, have you because actually gone out to where they're actually heading to the ferry? I've gone out to Ring at eleven o'clock on a Saturday night. To drain the car for a couple from Tipperary who were heading to France. Oh my God! The blood and pressure must made, have been through the roof. Made, yeah, like, and that's what you're dealing with. Like, we have to be more reactive than proactive in our job, um, because like at any one minute we don't know what the next call is going to be. Oh my God! With a load of kids in the back seat yeah. and everything. Like so, like we're 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 the heroes. We're the villains. We're you know. Like, you know, like people do get a shock when they get the price, but I will never go to anyone without giving them a price for the job first. Ah, the price is the price. I mean, yeah, you've worked out you the know? price. I'm assuming that, you know, yeah. it, it, it makes sense. It's about 200 yeah. bucks or something like that, is it? Uh, three, three, between, between 250 and 350. Okay. And why um, do you say that a lot of it happens at the weekend? Weekend, um, like what you have there at weekends, you you have the husbands that are away for the week driving or working and they, they go for their family spin the Sunday evening and you know, like they're they're making back for one reason or another to maybe to make a few points in the local or something and they decide on a good deed that they'll fill their wife's car on the way home. So and they're then, allowed to go for a few points, is it? Yeah, you know, they bang. They put in they they fill up like I know my own wife travels and the, the fuel light all the time. I put petrol so I put I petrol in, in a car and she'll let yeah. me go for a few points but he puts yeah. Petrol into diesel or diesel into petrol? Absolutely. So and then all hell breaks loose when they put in the wrong fuel. So it's men, is it? Primarily yeah, men? Yeah, a lot of, lot, of, lot, of, lot of it is men. Definitely 70% of it will be men. God almighty, that's awful, isn't it? Yeah. That we do but so badly. It is the ladies of us driven crack, like, so <laughs> we don't be functioning when we get to the filling station. <laughs> You, know. you said that, not me. Yeah. <laughs> See, I'm saving you the backlash. No? <laughs> <laughs> so it's men filling their wives' cars. But, yeah, but, like it could be, you know, it can be their own cars. Yeah, yeah, I guess I was going to ask you, surely yeah. they must have men filling their own cars yeah. wrong, just preoccupied. Absolutely. Work vans, people swap from petrol cars, they might have a petrol car at home and they have a diesel car for work and a diesel van and a petrol car, you know. <laughs> so like you pull into the filling station and and like if you if there's there's a number of factors we find if you have something on your mind you're liable to do it okay yeah 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 if you pull in too close to the diesel pump you're going to do it 
And if you're at the wrong side, you you know, when you pull in and you think your fuel flap is on the left side <laughs> and it's on the opposite side, well, you'll just catch the first one and pull it across the back of the car and put it in. <laughs> And you, need, you may know it at the pumps and you may not. What What if you do it but only maybe you cop it after a few seconds and only 20 or 30 cent worth has gone in? Is the damage done then? Well, look, I'd always leave it up to the person themselves. If if there's a very, very small, a minute amount, right, with under a litre. Right. I would, I, I would say, look, if it was my car, I would fill it to the neck with the correct fuel. And it should burn off the other stuff, yeah. is it? Yeah. But a litre, a litre, but any more than that, I will tell them to get a second opinion from their own mechanic or that because it's not that I want to take money off them, but I certainly don't want to get a call in a week's time to say, you told me... I know, you need care. to cover yourself. And yeah. do you get many repeat offenders? I would. I had a husband and wife uh, one day... The wife did it and she paid me and she warned me that never to say that we ever met that she ever did it because she wouldn't tell her husband. And about six months later, I went out to the same car. I knew the reg. I couldn't figure out because I didn't know the man drive it. And when I had it all done, um, I got into the car that started and his wife was inside me. <laughs> and she just looked at me and she said, if you say it... <laughs> She said, I will find you. And that is a fact. So he, the lady's unmelancholic. And she was like, she was after doing it and never told him. And then he managed to do it on the way to a monster final in Tordus. And she um, she was in the car. And then she got out and said, how could you be so stupid? You know? <laughs> the husband. Yeah, to those I thought relationships were built on yeah. trust and honesty. <laughs> <laughs> and I had I had been at a car where I drained it, and the person has put back in the incorrect fuel. Oh, stop! Straight away at the pumps. Straight away. <laughs> We've got to wonder: should they, be, should, should they be on the road at all? <laughs> well, you know, like okay, but like, like it, there's all different reasons for doing it, and we'll get all the the stories. But we we gross. Like they said, a car going to the ferry, they made the ferry in there and it happened. Did the others make the Munster final? They did. They oh, did. Jesus, fast you work, know? fair play to you. Are they, yeah. are they the more wacky, funny ones that you get called yeah. out for? Because some of them yeah. could be quite seriously, serious, obviously. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, like you, you, you want different reasons. Um, we've done everything from ambulances to, to trucks to vans to hearses. Um, we've we've done them all. Um, a horse, and with, a con- a horse with a coffin in the back of it. A horse oh with a coffin in the back of it. Yeah, no, not going to a funeral. But, but uh, have you ever been? Do you ever get called out to someone because the car wouldn't start? And when you got out there, the reason the car wouldn't start because there was no fuel in it. No fuel. Yeah, we 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 would get that, and they'd say, "Well, we had twenty kilometres left, and it didn't clock." <laughs> and like people, people go on that that clock. <laughs> Or the light has only been on for for a day, you know. And then they they come and and like when fuel was really expensive, like you you like we'd always give ten liters of diesel, right? When we go out, if someone is on the side of the road, just to make sure they get to where they're going. 
And, like, we had people put in five euros in the car, the pumps, when they run out of fuel. Ah, uh, misfortunes, though. Maybe it's because yeah. they can't afford anymore. Maybe, maybe it is. Like, but, like, uh, at the end of the day, it's just your only prolonged agony. Like, if even a tenner would, we'll get them going. But if we go to people on the side of the road, we give them 10 litres of diesel. A lot of people are riding the red lights or the orange light, are oh, they? Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I have, a, I have a wife and daughter they're very good at that you're, you know? you're in rare yeah. form today for digging a big hole for yourself yeah. Sean fair play <laughs> that's okay they're all in family business that's okay, but right, okay. Like a, lot of, a lot of my staff here will be mechanics so like we'd have a, a various amount of lads that can go out and do the fuel rents uh, so, lovely stuff well listen if anybody so, needs your services it's SOS Recovery SOS Recovery we're based in State and, Road in Blarney but we cover the whole month's area and you'll, t- and you'll take all, and you'll take all of their, the secrets to the grave absolutely absolutely if you ring me I'll tell you all the secrets <laughs> so it's SOS Recovery isn't it just to SOS, be clear SOS uh, just it came after my own name Sean O'Sullivan alright my man look after yourself and continue yeah. doing the good work that you do. Cheers, pal. No, Take care. No problem. All the best. You. Text 0868 Back after the break. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818 Cork's Red FM. Right, you'll be just staying actually with uh, motoring and motoring-related stories. I noticed that cars, thank you, John Roaches, I noticed that cars have doubled in size in the last 15 years around Cork. However, car park spaces have stayed the same. My car, which is normal-sized, is getting bashed by the huge doors of these SUVs and shopping centres. As a result, uh, I am parking in between two spaces now to try and stay away from these creepy big SUVs from damaging my car. He takes two spaces. I will carry on taking up two spaces, and if any of these SUV owners have a problem, I'll tell them exactly what I think of them. I've also noticed elderly people not being able to get out of their small cars because an SUV has parked next to them. The people I see driving SUVs are spoiled, selfish, middle-aged posers who have lost the plot. Our own mothers all had plenty of space 15 years ago with normal-sized cars and bigger families, says John, who calls SUV drivers. Those of you driving SUVs um, should be happy in the knowledge that you are spoiled, selfish, middle-aged posers who have lost the plot. How do you feel about that? Text 0868104106. All too often, in the big, huge SUVs, you just see one person, just one person, and all of this spare seating all around them. SUVs. And from there to electric cars, it absolutely annoys me when people talk about electric cars and don't know what they're talking about. Ooh, I consider myself put back in my box. Like how the radio and other parts on the dash are powered by the 12-volt battery. People didn't do any forward planning, which you have to do if you're going to part with huge amounts of money, or indeed if you live in parts of the country with poor infrastructure. Also, if you were going from Cork to Dublin in a car, you would still need to fill up. Stop the anti-EV rhetoric. No, no, I'm just saying that people are giving them back. I've spoken in the past with people on air. Uh, Greg Canty from Fusion PR actually gave his one back. He had a big Jag EV. He was on the air a few months ago. I'm just, you can say that if you're going from Cork to Dublin in a car, you have to fill up. But you'd fill up before you start the journey and you'd get all the way to Dublin. In an EV car, you'd have a full charge in Cork, but you're not guaranteed that you will get all the way to Dublin without having to charge it again. Electric cars will be some carnage when, say, Cork reach an All-Ireland hurling final. Uh, 25 to 30k, possibly more, travelling by road 
it's not feasible, as in, you know, EV charging points if you wanted to go to an All Ireland hurling final. <laughs> whenever that will be hopefully sometime soon can't come on air but just to say my hubby is picking up his Ionic 6 it's a beautiful car with a higher battery so officially it has over 600 kilometre range so in reality maybe 500 to 520 we charge at home but we have solar panels so charging them doesn't cost anything also there's no maintenance costs no service needed for an electric car, just tyres. We had an electric for the last five years and the range now is too little with it. But it was a second car, so we just used it from going to and from work and that was fine. We also have a hybrid. Our garage did tell us about the real range before buying. They told us the real range and um, that it's more likely not to be. You know, they talk about 600 kilometre range, but that's tested on a flat surface surface. Perfect weather conditions, no wind, not using the lights, not using the heating, not using any kind of thing like uh, air conditioning. Just to be clear regarding the environmental impact on creating electric cars, look at the amount of minerals that are used and that there's no way of recycling the battery when it dies. Um, Your electric car, another person says here, this is very valid actually, your electric car might seem like a great option instead of petrol or diesel, but remember the human cost. Young children in the Congo are sent down a mile or more underground to get the lithium cobalt magnesium to make your car. Human rights don't exist there, and many young children die. Because of this... In conscience, I will never buy an electric car. Do people not care about their fellow human beings, says Sean? Now, that's an incredible point, and thank you for making it. Because for a long time now, I've had a particular article that I read some months back, not to do with lithium for batteries in electric cars, but um, this is more to do with a product that goes into makeup. Right, goes into makeup. I think Sean's going to come on the air, so he'll be very interested in this. And the article spoke about, um, say, for instance, the fashion giant Boohoo. So workers at the fashion giant Boohoo are forced to walk the equivalent of half a marathon for every shift in a sweltering warehouse where nighttime temperatures can reach 32 degrees. Um, this is an undercover English Times investigation. This is to do with the workers working in the warehouses of Boohoo. Staff fulfilling online orders at the retailer's Burnley warehouse label themselves as slaves and they've complained of racism, sexual harassment, gruelling targets, inadequate training, ill-fitting safety equipment. They say that the harsh conditions have led to workers collapsing in the aisles of the warehouse with an ambulance called to the Boohoo site once a month on average. Now, this British company has sales of nearly £2 billion a year and it pays millions of pounds for celebrities like Kourtney Kardashian to endorse their clothing. Um, now, more to the point, there is a product called Mica, all right? So that's one example of Boohoo working conditions for people working in the warehouse. Natural Mica, right? comes in several different colours, from white to brown. It has many applications, this natural product called mica. Uh, it's used for resisting, it's, it's good for resisting extremely high temperatures, um, and it's used in things like brake pads for cars. It's used in the batteries of electric vehicles. It's used in insulation in domestic products, like in your toaster. Uh, 
but it also adds that kind of sparkly, sheeny gloss to paint, creams, powders. White mica is used in cosmetics, toiletry and perfumery. And it's estimated that 18% of all mined mica is used in cosmetics. Now, I mentioned that actually because um, you might find that, okay, well, that's lovely. Thank you for that research. But until you discover that children as young as five are working in illegal mica mines um, with an unknown number of them dying in the process. This is to get the mica that, as an example, goes into your cosmetics. It's, it's what gives your cosmetics and your makeup or your liner or what have you that kind of shiny sheen to it. What's happening to the children as young as five? Well, they're having their skulls crushed, broken ribs, lung and breathing problems. And this is all part of the reality of life for many children in the eastern Indian state of Jharkhand, known for its rich mineral resources in India. Um, it said in the report that most reported that they didn't go to school and they'd been working in mines for as long as they could remember, never got an education. None of them knew where the mica actually ended up, what they were digging out of the ground. They didn't know it went into eyeshadow palettes. They didn't know that it went into skin bronzers. This is illegal work. Indian law prohibits mining for anyone under the age of 18. But there's no one to enforce the law by all accounts. Adults work in the mining uh, in industry as well and adults work in mica mining. Uh, but their hands are too big so small hands are needed to sort and to pick the mineral. And small frames, little bodies to fit inside tiny deep dark holes. Deep dark holes that frequently collapse trapping people inside. The report said that mines can be several metres deep with children spending up to eight hours a day underground, just chipping away at this little sparkling soil with a hammer and a chisel. Once they're out of the ground, the mica is taken to a mica dump or a mica market where it's sold on to traders, processors, agents. Many of the deals are clandestine uh, to hide the origins of the mineral. Um, Never mind the amount of deforestation or habitat destruction and land collapse that goes on because of this mining for cosmetics and batteries. But for the miners, um, the backbreaking, dirty, dangerous work pays an absolute pittance. And a Reuters report found that unprocessed mica was bought from the miners for 25 rupees, which is about 27 pence a kilogram. And then the top quality processed mica, same amount for a kilogram, sells for $2,000. So the miner gets 27p, and after processing, it's worth $2,000 a kilo. Um, remuneration for the miners in India is as low as 12p per kilo. In Madagascar, children are getting four pence per kilo, and God knows how long it would take them to actually mine a kilo of mica. Deaths are so common, traders who control this particular cluster of mines have a set rate that they give to families if a child dies. £330 is paid. They say that over a year after a mine collapse um, they're still recovering from the injuries that they suffered in the collapsed mine. One little girl had two broken feet, one fractured leg and damage to her spine. One of her legs is now longer than the other. She can't run or play. The number of beauty brands that use mica is incalculable. 
even some vegan cosmetic companies who build their ethos on not harming animals used mined mica in their products. The article is, and this is only the tip of the iceberg, you know, parents would far prefer to send their children to school, but the fact is they don't earn a living wage and they don't earn enough to live, so they need to supplement the family revenue by sending their children down the mines. But the English Times said, for consumers, it's hard to know whether the mica in their makeup has been mined ethically by adults or unethically by children or in a dangerous condition. There is as yet no symbol or logo to prove the mica's provenance. I mentioned that actually because we got onto the topic of um, mining for lithium for EV batteries. But what about mining for mica uh, for the likes of people's, um, you know, cosmetics, toiletries? and perfumes. Text 0868104106. Back after the break. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818104106. Red FM. Keep those calls coming. Text 0868104106. Katie got in touch. Katie, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Um, you say the parents in Frankfield are in a bad way this morning. Why is that? So we got the news that our um, nearby crash, Little Paradise, is closing. Um, and I suppose myself and fellow parents have been ringing around alternative crash options this morning and it's, it's literally at capacity. You have a little boy, um, Jack, isn't it? How old is Jack? That's right. He's heading for two this October. Right. So paradise, So the little paradise crash is closing at the end of September and how many families, indeed, how many children will be going there? It would be a really popular facility and it offers ECCE as well. So it's, it would have a large capacity for children. I don't know the exact number, but um, for women and my friends in the area, um, all of us use it for childcare. And Tina and her team have been fantastic. And it's just so sad that they have to close for various reasons. So I suppose I'm reaching out to you to see. What can be done? So what's been happening since you got the leaflet is families have been ringing around creches looking for somewhere for, is it September or for now or what? I suppose we're in damage limitation. So from as soon as we can get a place, if you can get a place, I suppose I'm lucky. I have one little boy, but I know my friends would have babies and little older infants that were in the same facility and they're looking for spaces for two children, which is really challenging. Um, at this moment. Are they all full? They are. They seem to be full. Like I was ringing this morning and I was getting told there was 10 parents ahead of me so everyone's panicking and ringing around Um, and it just seems a bit like hopeless at the moment. And it's because it's very handy for you because it's within your own parish, isn't it? But others come from Carrigaline, I'm told, do they? They do. It's a really popular creche. It's been a fabulous facility um, it's a great business location if you're working in the city, just off the, the dual carriageway, the Kinsale Road roundabout. It's really convenient and it's a great building as well. It's really good for the children. So um, it was just ideal for, for for the last year and a bit, you know. Disappointed, shocked and panicked because people um, are ringing around to other creches who are full or already have waiting lists. Would that sum it up? That's right, yeah. that's right. And, and Tina said, it's a very heavy heart that I have to write to you. The crash has been open 12 years now. And while it's been the best 12 years of my life in so many ways, meeting the nicest parents and the most beautiful, incredible children, the last two years have been very, very tough and extremely stressful on me. Some of you know I've been looking after a family member who's very sick for the last 20 plus years myself as running a crash with all my heart and love. I did all of the above no matter how stressed I was because I really, really loved it. 
No one knew how I felt, but I did everything with my full heart. In the last two years, my health has begun to suffer physically and mentally, getting worse all of the time, especially physically now. All my trips to the doctor have done nothing for me because it's all because of stress. Uh, I'm sorry to have to do this, but I have no choice. I have to put my health first. Uh, In order to do this, I must close the creche. For the first time in my life, I have to put myself first. I'm sorry to let you down, but I have no choice. I have to do this. I gave as much notice as I could. Our last day open in the creche will be Friday, September 29th. Isn't that so sad? Very sad. And Tina's a lovely... Isn't she? Doesn't she sound like the loveliest woman? Yes, she's a neighbour of mine as well. So oh man, it must have been the hardest decision for her to make. Hold on there, Tina, good morning. Hi, how are you? Never mind about me, how are you? <laughs> it's tough on you, girl, it's tough on you, it's a hard... De- How's your health? Not good. Not good. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know. What a difficult decision. You've made the right decision, Tina, although it must hurt you to do it. Do you know what? take your time because I know it's from the heart and you really do feel for all of the parents but they all feel for you as well and I think I'm right aren't I Katie that you're saying she needs to put herself first yeah absolutely you have to mind yourself you know you know what it's it's taken me two years of of two years of this journey too like my, my health is suffering I love my children, I love my parents, I love my crush. But it's just it's at this stage it's me at the crush. Um because I'm constantly sick, I'm constantly constantly tired and constantly emotional. Um and it's just I love my girls, my girls are absolutely incredible. You are emotionally and physically worn out. Yeah. Yeah. And the stress levels are dangerous. There are dangerous levels, I would think. You know? Yeah, because like it's, it's just constant. Like I, I'm awake. At, I'm awake at night thinking about things. I'm worrying about parents. I'm worrying about my girls. I'm worrying about the kids. Um, and like I, I also have um, a family member who's who's sick for the last twenty years, and I've been taking care of him as well I know, um, I know as well as dealing with the crash and you know I have to put myself I have to put my health first now I know I disappointed a lot of people and people are angry with me um, and upset and sad but you know what it's either me or the crash well I hope and that they're not angry after my conversation with you and hearing <laughs> you this morning because you sound like the perfect person to be looking after people's children. You just really do. I love them. You know, I really, really love them. I, I put my heart and soul and any parent can tell you that. Like, my girls are incredible. We, 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 we put our heart and soul into the crash every day. Yeah, yeah. And it's just the hardest decision in the whole world to have to do this, you know? You can't, keep, you can't keep juggling all of these different aspects of your life and thinking that they won't collapse. They will collapse. Unfortunately, something has to give and if, if I don't do it now, it's going to be me um, and so I gave two months notice because I thought that you know people need notice and yeah. hope hope to God that, that people get the best childcare for their kids and if there's anything I can do to help them 100% I will how and, many, I and tell me Tina people, how many children do you look after on average 
there's about there's eight, about eight, five, ten different days. So it would be sometimes it would be quieter, some days it would be a bit busier. So around eighty five on the busiest days. Eighty five different children or eighty five different families possibly? No, eighty five different children. Um, and yeah. is there any way at all that somebody, because it sounds like a thriving business, that somebody just couldn't continue it? We've, we've advertised it to sell it for the last six months because this has gone on for the last two years. Like, my health is, 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 is going slowly. So we advertised it for the last two years. We had a few interested buyers, which I was so happy because, like, like I even said to, I even said to the person who was selling the crash first, um, I said, look, if you, if you can get someone to come in, I'll stay around, I'll help them, I'll make sure that the girls are settled, that the person who takes over is settled, that the kids are settled, the parents are settled. I'll do everything in my power to make sure everything to keep went smooth. Open. Yeah. To yeah. keep it open. And it just fell through. And then we got another one, and that fell through. And then we got someone interested again, and that fell through. Why do they so fall through? Is there a particular reason? Is it Would it be price or something, or what? I don't know. These these are these are businessmen or whoever whoever. I I don't understand it because it just strikes me if there's a shortage of creches and there's business for a creche, why somebody wouldn't want to run and take over a thriving business? Is is it too late yeah. now? I, I, it's never too late, you know. It's never too late. I can never say it's never too late. But I don't understand these things. I, I'm just a creche worker, you know. I just I just love children. Um, so I don't understand that part of it. Well, you're um, a lot but, more than that. You've yeah. run the business successfully for 12 years. Yeah, yeah. But I just, hopefully, you never know, you know what? Wouldn't it mean, well, wouldn't, uh, is it an option for one crash that's already in business to take on a second crash? Of course, yeah. Because yeah. not only is, would it be great for the families, but also for your staff. Oh, 100%, 100%, like. But we've, we've, we've like... <laughs> any of your listeners are listening there and they have the money and they and they, they love for it because I, I want someone like it's a home from home for kids so like Little Paradise is, is a home from home for every single child in the crash and like like I see and I and parents tell me how much the kids love coming here and that's what I want too I want the kids to if they want someone to, to take it over that someone would put as much love into it as I had, you, you know. Did, and, yeah. and you and took it girl. very, you took it very personally. Actually, Siobhan here says to me by text, she's also a crash owner. She says childcare is in an awful state. Stress is so so severe now. Um, yeah, and if you if you just if you just want to hold on there, she joins me by phone. Siobhan, hello, Neil. How are you? Can you relate to where Tina finds herself? Very much. Yes, childcare is in a terrible situation, really. Um, for such a wonderful um, profession and so important um, for the early years and to see the children do so well we are as professionals being pulled from every corner um, basically doing admin and paperwork too much of the time for what we're qualified and trained in and to um, see the rewards that the children should be receiving the National Child Care Scheme the um, core funding programme um, just not fit for purpose. This is the f- this is free childcare places which are subsidised. You're saying puts more pressure on the creches, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, the ECCEs, the preschools, uh, three hours a day for the preschool children. But the national childcare scheme and the core funding program are um, also schemes that take up a crazy amount of time. And I'm sure Tina is well aware of that. You mean you're bom- uh, you're yeah. bombarded with paperwork? Yeah, crazy. Neil. Yeah. 
And I'd be a very organised, efficient person and you cannot get on top of this. Is that leading... You also mentioned the word stress being severe. Is that what it's leading to, stress and anxiety? Absolutely, Neil, because I have um, babies from six months um, up to 12 years and I would have four to five phone calls a week looking for places in the North Cork area and... um, I just don't have the place. I'm trying to expand. I'm trying to buy another place. Um, but there's too many obstacles all the time. The planning department, um, even though we're an up and running business with plenty of space to expand, there's just odd jumping through hoops from every government department. And tell me about, tell me about this phenomenon that I hear where pregnant mothers are putting down names even before they've given birth. Is that a truth or a myth? Oh, no, very much true. Very much true. I would know who's (laughs) expecting a baby before anyone else, unfortunately. Do you know what I mean? You know, it's very confidential, but just to see if they could have peace of mind to have a place for their baby in. Most parents would have up to a year off. Those would be um, the pregnancy plus the year off. So, yes, that's the amount of time in advance. They don't don't know the sex of the baby nor the name of it, but they try and reserve a space. Yeah, absolutely, Neil, yeah, yeah. And what would, make it, um, what would make it more attractive then to open a creche or open more creches or bigger creches? Um, right, I come from a very good place um, in my heart with like Tina and to see the children um, do well and um, get the um, education and help they need in the early years um, I can't, the amount of money it would be saving the government and the country by um, getting the optimum education in their early years. No, I, I know that, but why aren't more people encouraged yeah. to open creches if there's such a shortage? Oh, um, oh, $6 million question. You're never going to be make a huge earning out of it. You will get by. Um, but it's just the regulations from TUSLA versus the National Child Care Scheme from the government. Too much red tape. Um, yeah. yeah, all it, it, it is just barriers the whole way along. And okay, and, and sorry, no, and also, yeah, Tina, sorry, yeah. sorry, and also to get the right staff, the right, get the right girls who care. You know, like yeah. it's so hard to I get good girls who care, who who who, put, who want to treat the kids the way they treat their own children. It's very yeah. hard. Like, these yeah. are young girls who out of college or some years' experience. But, like, to get girls, like, who, like myself, would, would love and nourish the kids and, and treat them like yeah. they would treat their own Is it, is it the case it's, that it's sometimes you take somebody on who's just not suited, is it? And, and well, also, they, they move so fast and, they, they, like, you could get girls in and, and at six months' time or years down the line, they're gone again. And it's just... Because you know what, it's just it's like people think that you're going to childcare and you sit down all day and play with the kids. There's a thousand jobs you have to do, and it's just it's it's stressful not just for the, the people who own it or the managers, for the girls. The girls are constantly stressed. The girls are constantly yeah. going home wrecked, and yeah. like it's just you know, like I I have some girls in here that like they, they won't go into childcare anymore after this because. They're just exhausted from it. Yeah, it's too hard. It's too hard. They love this one and they're absolutely incredible. They are. I agree totally, Tina. And um, from early morning to late evening and um, a bit of respect and thanks is needed more often. Um, Exactly. um, 
you know, are you are you saying respect and thanks from the parents or some parents? Is it? Oh yeah, definitely, Neil. Yeah, absolutely. And how much can you tell me about that? Oh, that's a totally di- a different ball game. But just you know, um, being there to pick your child up on time, and um, being interested in what they did for the day, um, um, not belittling the staff because it's mostly female-led. Um, that would be a huge part of my role is to um, enable the staff to enjoy their work and, um, you know, be, be respected as individuals. Well, one people. should always be respectful, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, it is yeah. your most prized possession. It's not yeah, good, enough. Yeah, it's not good yeah. enough to have the belief that, well, aren't I paying you to do it, so what's the problem? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And sad to um, hear that some people can be curt or rude. They can, Neil, yes. And uh, imagine looking after your most special. And, and, and arrive on time, for God's sake. It's not too much to ask. No, it, we would be frowned on for being expected to be um, finished on time. And if they've been there since 7 or 7.30 that morning, they have lives as well. And I'm sorry, yeah. you know, that's just one of the little things. But the majority of parents are outstanding, which I'm sure you'll agree, Tina. Outstanding. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. incredible. Like you'll be saying, makes you want to stay in the job because you yeah, exactly. know doing what we're doing. But and, Yvonne, what, yeah. will, what will the 85 kids do now if Tina closes? Oh, Tina, I feel your pain. You have to look after yourself yeah. first because if you fall apart, everyone around you falls apart. I am trying yeah. to keep my head above water. It's very hard at times. And we are, like, we're like, women. We have um, our homes, our own families. We're not robots. We're not machines. It's just horrific. Um, like I, I wrote wages, we could take on an admin person sitting in the desk. It would be fantastic. Um, did you know what I mean? All of that. Then we could focus. I could focus back on um, incentives for the staff, more training. Um, oh, yeah. If if the planning department would work with me, it would be amazing. Yeah. If, um, you know, it's just constant. And even going back to the National Childcare Scheme, the amount of time it takes to fix a problem um, is crazy. Don't you agree, Tina? It's a hundred percent. I suppose yeah. we do need some sort of checks and guidelines, though, because there were some very, you know, alarming undercover footage done in in preschools and, and creches there some years back. As you know, it was quite alarming. So maybe they want to make sure. I think you can go by how the kids go into the crash. Like if the kids run into a crash, they tell you the truth. If they run into their their teacher or their their friends, or you, you a kid will tell you. A kid will tell you if they're scared running. If they run in the door, they're happy. You know, they're just treated with respect and love and care and to the best of our, of our ability. So the kids will tell you. The kids will say if they're happy, if they're sad, if they're scared. And if they run in every morning to a crash, then you know, then that that, that crash is doing a good job. It, it, it is. Yeah. And, 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 yeah. Go on. Also, Neil, um, the the staff, the professionals running the um, rooms each day, running um, their age group, they're not going to be doing underhand jobs. That's, they're not trained for that. They're not going to cover up. And so they should, no way, it's completely open. Um, and that's the advantage of a crash is that working in a team, if you're having it last day, you could just say it and you'll lean on your colleagues. Ah, yeah, but we but did see video footage. Now, they were isolated, oh, we I'll did. give you that. I mean, yeah. it was, but it, yeah. it did exist, yeah. you know, um, where kids were being treated cruelly. I'm not suggesting for a moment oh, um, that, yeah. that you guys would engage in anything like that. But certainly the necessity no. for crashes in preschool was never at such a premium because both parents are working, right? 
yeah, yeah absolutely yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um it's just uh, not a good place to be at the moment um, okay okay um Tina, I but, do you know what if i had any other way out I, it wouldn't even enter my head if, if my head was fine you know what yeah. the, the, my personal my personal life and, and my relation who has who's very sick you know what i can yeah. deal with these things I, I can I can deal with my with, with having to go home and 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 go and, and deal with a relative or whatever and I don't care about those things. I've done that for the last ten years. Now my health is suffering and it's yeah. it's just getting worse. And if I continue this way, listen, I understand. You know, I can, you know your mental yeah. health you're, and you're probably very depressed by the whole scenario you find yourself in. I, I'm just I'm just sad because like my parents, my children, my my girls. And like I wrote a personal letter to the parents, explaining why, because of of my my health and, and things like that. So I wrote a personal letter to the parents with my full heart, um, explaining why. And and then I, I I went, I haven't done every parent yet because I I didn't see them all. But every parent, I think I spoke to like fifty parents yesterday, and handed them a letter and explained why. And yeah. um, yeah, I do my best to to you know to help. My parents to not be angry, not be cross, not be disappointed in me because if there's any other way, the discretion stay open. You've made that point very, very well. It is really about you at this stage. You don't do it. You don't do it willingly, nor do you wish to do it. Another childcare provider here says, Neil, to answer your question, childcare providers are not opening up because of lack of funding and also staff shortages. It's impossible to get staff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's impossible. very, very difficult. It's really impossible. Yeah. Is it the wages that's paid or, or what? Um, the well, wages I, have come up a lot, which is great. Um, but the oh, the overall, I don't know. What do you think, Tina? What else? Is I, I, I pay. I, I pay my girls as best as I possibly can pay them. Like a lot of them will be on fifteen, seventeen euro an hour, some more. Um, so um, I mean, like, so I pay as best I possibly can. Yeah. Um, because yeah. because the talent of it's the hardest job. It's just it's just so you have to be dedicated to it. You have to have the full love for it. And like like it's just the staff is it's very hard to get staff. It's, okay. It's, okay. Yeah, it's just really hard. Well, listen, yeah. who knows what the future will bring? Improvement to your health anyway, I hope, Tina, and perhaps, you know, maybe sometime down the track when things are better you might find yourself in a in a better situation to go back into the profession that you love. But if there is anybody listening that perhaps might be interested in chatting with you about um Little Paradise Crash, you'd be okay with that, would you? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. My main thing is my main thing is that 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 like Hopefully, if the crash stayed open, it would be the ideal. Uh, uh, okay. Uh, it would make things thousand times better for everybody. Oh, you know? absolutely! Rather than just yeah. closing the doors and everybody exactly. having to hustle exactly. for somewhere else. Oh God, but, no. but do no. look, do look after yourself, Tina, really and truly. And and Katie, uh, good luck in the search for wherever you and the parents are going to go next. I'm quite sure there's a lot of worry over that, right? It, do you know what? It's a sad side, both sides of the fence. I know. <laughs> yeah. struggling. Yeah. They need support. And parents are in the same boat. It's just we're all on this little wheel trying to get help. I know. Um, I yeah. know. Any elected yeah. members out there? They need to yeah. take this to central government at this stage. You okay. Know? Okay. Undoubtedly, yeah. I'll get more texts on this, but thank you all. Appreciate it. Thank you, Tina. Mind yourself. Thank you Look so much, yourself. Thank Take you. care, Katie, and also to Siobhan, who has her own own crash and put it so well with regards to how difficult it is. Your thoughts are welcome. Text 0868104106. Now, the 
Prenderville Show, Red FM. Okay, more on creche and play school and preschool uh, throughout the course of the morning. But just ahead of that, every day this week, courtesy of ourselves and multitrip.com, we have a 250 euro plus one multitrip.com travel insurance policy to give away every single day. This is European Essential individual cover. You can get further details um, by following, even just check out multitrip.com or even check them out on Instagram at multitrip.com. So this is a 250 euro travel insurance policy. Um, they take care of all of your travel insurance end of things. They've also got, um, you know, all the th- different, uh, you know, recommendations and advice for people who are traveling overseas. But certainly uh, multitrip.com travel insurance policy is a good idea. So, every day this week, one of those to give away. Um, three artists and three songs uh, each day. The clue, obviously, is that the songs are holiday, travel and adventure related. So, I'll open the phone lines. Uh, sometimes between now and midday today, uh, you got to answer uh, in the correct order, artists and titles in the right order. So, have a listen. Here are the three songs. All right, so I'll play those again sometime between now and midday. Artists and titles in the right order and the multitrip.com travel insurance policy is all yours. Uh, for all of the business, pick up the phone on 0818104106. Some great news um, for Cork uh, for next year. There was a bit of rumour doing the rounds for the last few weeks that the boss was coming back to Ireland, but as to where he was going to play, we weren't 100% sure. Parky Cueve certainly uh, was being mentioned. Ralph Regal has upped the game this morning in the Independent, pretty much telling us that there will be two Cork gigs for the boss, uh, part of his Ireland tour next year at Parky Cueve in May. And he joins me by phone. Not the boss, but the other boss, Ralph Regal. Ralph, good morning. Good morning, Neil. And of course, I did say this morning that you are an Uber fan, big time Springsteen fan. How many times would you say you've seen him? Uh, I'm I'm one step ahead of the psychiatric uh, brigade at the moment. So <laughs> my my wife has strongly been urging me to go for treatment. But would you believe I'm actually at 41 gigs at the moment? You are joking. 41. No, 40, 41. Yeah. I, I um, this year now went to, went to a few this year because of course it had been seven years since he toured in Europe as his last gigs in Ireland were in Croke Park back in uh, 2016 so of course we had the three gigs in the RDS uh, back in May and he was playing a lot of other kind of places around Europe so family circumstances um, prevented further um, gig attendances but I was lucky to get it a couple um, in the earlier part of the summer right. yeah, so 41. Okay. I'm actually would you believe in it it's, it's, it's hard it, it's striking to say I'm nowhere near the races I mean there's a guy uh, in Ireland that's up with I think 92 concerts <laughs> and there's a guy there's a guy in Italy who's actually coming very close to 300 oh for God's sake good. but having yeah, said that 41 is not to be sniffed at you should get should we get a private meet and greet with him for 41 gigs no? no I didn't and to be honest you know, a lot of people actually say that to me and I actually would be afraid to meet him at this stage because it's been such a kind of a cornerstone of my life I mean I was at Slain in 85, which was 10 days before my leaving cert. Um, his songs were played at my wedding. His music has been kind of the, the central thread of large parts of my life. And I'd just be afraid I'd catch him on a bad day. <laughs> so I think you keep, you keep your heroes at distance. They say that, don't they, for fear you'd be disappointed. However, I, know, I don't know the man, obviously, but I know those that know him. And they say that he's just a joy. He's just a beautiful yeah. person. 
I think very much so. And I think that was very much reflected last May, Neil, when you look at the treatment of Charlie Bird. That's yeah. the very fact that he yeah. gave him time, the very fact that he mentioned him from the stage, he played his favourite song, and the very fact that he went to see Shane McGowan in his house when yeah. he was in Dublin. He's just that kind of guy. But having said that, I, I, I keep my hero worship at distance. So Yeah, thank you for mentioning those beautiful gestures of his. Would you not just go and g- go to other gigs? Like, take up an interest in, I don't know, like, <laughs> go to Taylor oh, Swift or something. <laughs> Yeah, well, I did. In fairness, now I did try to get Taylor Swift tickets for my daughter, but I think I was one hundred forty-seven thousand in the list. So, unless Taylor Swift was going to play like eighteen or nineteen concerts, I don't think I had a hope of a ticket. But no, I do. I love. I, I like Steve Earle. I like Bob Dylan. Um, love Christy Moore. Um, you too, of course. So I've gone to a lot of those over the years. But just Springsteen, I think it was just the way the stars aligned in eighty-five. That that was kind of a particular period in my life, and I just he has been central. To kind of a lot of the so have you seen him in different parts of the world yeah I've seen him uh, oh my god what, I've seen him in I think it's 18 19 different um, cities and countries at this stage now so um, lucky enough I mean one of the highlights I saw him play in New Jersey which is very special I mean he re- that's his hometown his hometown game. yeah yeah and famously it's the only place generally where he'll play Jersey Girl the famous Tom Waits song which is like when you see that being sung in New Jersey, the hair literally okay. stands you, up the you've, back you've literally drilled into one song there and Seamus was telling me, and is this true, that he didn't play the river on Side? That's true, that's true. That's Why? True. Um, Why would he not do that? Yeah, strange one. I don't know. He played, of course, that, that was the 2013 tour. He played Thoman Park, he played Cork, he did uh, a gig in, I think it was Belfast, and then he did two concerts in um, Kilkenny. And if, if you throw your mind back, that was a glorious stretch of um, summer. I mean, it was unbelievable sunshine and warmth, and they were glorious um, concerts. But for some strange reason, given the idyllic location of Porky Kiev, I mean, for my money, it's one of the most beautifully situated stadiums anywhere in the world. And not to play the river with the River Lee literally just metres away. I don't know. But it was a good gig. Was it as good? I think the benefit of having two gigs in a place is that it lends a festival atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, and but he dropped the ball there, literally where you shouldn't be dropping the ball in Porky Cueve. Yeah. So two yeah. gigs, so, with a gap in the middle. So is it confirmed? I mean, the county board are on board with all this, are they? I, oh, they are. No, it's not been confirmed, but I'm told that it, it is essentially matches are being transferred from those dates. Um, they're ex- we're expecting a confirmation announcement within a couple of weeks and tickets to be on sale pretty shortly afterwards. Unreal. Um, so what they're talking about is the 16th and the 18th of May for Porky Kiev. What we don't know is whether the Kilkenny concerts that are, are in the pipeline as well, I'm told, whether they will be before Porky Kiev or after Porky Kiev. We're lucky actually, aren't we? Because I did read something recently that a lot of big acts probably aren't going to be coming to Ireland as much because they, to- they find it too expensive to tour here. Did you hear that? Yeah, very much so. And I think the other side of the coin is, I was lucky enough, I went to see Springsteen um, last May in the Circus Maximus in Rome, and we were queuing to get in, and the guy behind me was in Dusseldorf, and we were just chatting away and swapping concert stories or whatever, and I said, did you enjoy the Dublin concerts? And he looked at me and he said, no, we didn't go to Dublin because we couldn't afford it. Yeah. And I was thinking, oh my God, like what has happened that someone from Germany, which was once one of the highest spending countries in Europe, said that he couldn't afford to go to Ireland to see the concerts. Um, I still think that, I, I don't think we're going to miss out on any of the big acts. It's definitely going to be an issue going forward, I think, in every aspect of Irish life in terms of controlling costs. Mm. Um, mm. But no, I, don't, I think if you look at the likes of Taylor Swift, 
And if you look at the likes of um, Coldplay, I mean, like those concerts sold out so fast. So where there's a market, they're going to tour. Yeah, but what about prices? You were not going to see the same kind of chaos around Springsteen tickets as there was for Taylor Swift tickets or Coldplay for that matter, are we? Uh, it's a hard one to call, Neil. I'd be surprised if we do. But having said that, there was a major scramble for tickets um, for the three gigs in the RDS last May. Of course, they, those went on sale in 2022. And there was a lot of people disappointed. I think one of the banking apps um, had technical problems and a lot of people that had tickets suddenly found they couldn't pay for them and then lost them as part of the scramble. But I think the fact that it's a bigger venue the fact that you'll have two nights yeah. that you may very well have one or two nights in Kilkenny as well will take a little bit of the pressure off okay. I don't think you'll have quite the intense demand that you would have for someone like Taylor Swift who really you could you could make a very strong argument she's certainly the most in demand artist on the planet at the moment yeah. but like Springsteen does have a huge international following so you're talking about tickets not just for Irish fans but you're going to have They'll People be travelling to it as well Yeah, but boy he puts on exactly. one hell of a long gig though doesn't he? He gives fierce value he does, he does, and for a man who's going on 74, the one thing I would say to fans is you'll notice that where there were, he, he often did concerts before that were knocking on the door four hours. That doesn't happen anymore. They're slightly under three hours, but for a person who's in his 70, and now that's with no break, that's with, without any of the kind of the encore fanfare, it is literally 20, between 27 and 29 songs every night, he's and he does be, leave blood, sweat, and tears. He's got to be seriously fit. So if he plays Cork on the 16th and does nothing on the 17th and plays again on the 18th, is he likely to stay local? Oh, he will. Absolutely, yes, he will. Um, I think the last time he stayed, if I'm correct, he based himself in, in Castle Martyr. So it'll be interesting to see where he does stay this particular time. But no, he will be in Cork the day before the concert. They do the sound check and he'll be here then the day of the concert, the day after the concert. And he will stay the night of the second concert. Brilliant, brilliant. OK, so it's as close to be damned as confirmed then, you know, pretty much. Yes, I mean, essentially all we're doing at the moment is waiting for the, the, the final confirmation. But like, it, I'm, from what I'm what I'm hearing from my source within the county board, like matches have been transferred, everything has kind of been agreed. They're slotting it in as part of a general European tour. I think most Springsteen fans thought we wouldn't see him again for a couple of years, but he finished a three month European tour in Italy just last week. And as he was leaving the stage, all of the social media stuff started flashing, we'll be back. So you're talking about Ireland, um, Spain, France, Germany, the UK, all getting gigs as part of this kind of revived second leg of the European tour. Okay, so that would be 11 years after the last time you played Cork, right? Uh, it would be uh, correct, yes. Yeah, 2013, okay. Cork, okay. so 2024, yeah. Bring it on. It's good news. I asked the lads to allow you to pick a song. Have you done that? Uh, I will. Do you know, I'm going to go for an old crowd favourite. Interestingly, the story behind, I'm going to ask for Dancing in the Dark. And the reason is it's one of the most popular of his songs. And it's the song that his manager specifically asked for because they listened to the Born in the USA album was released in 84. And they wanted a surefire radio hit. And this was it. Have a good one, my friend. Thanks, Ralph. Thank you. Cheers, pal. Ralph Regal from The Independent. Springsteen, the boss, back on Lee side. Two gigs next year, thanks to Ralph Regal.
Uh, no, he's not coming to Cork, thanks to Ralph Regal, but thank you to Ralph Regal for letting us know the update to the story. It's great to have gigs on Lee side to bring it on next year, that and Musgrave Park and, of course, Live with the Marquee, and who knows what else will happen. We might even get the convention centre built before we know it. Who knows? Uh, interesting one here. John, who hates SUVs, needs to get a life and stop being so jealous of folk who can afford a nice big SUV. I think he drives a Nissan Micra, does he? And takes up two spaces? What an angry man. No, he does take up two spaces. He says um, cars doubled in size in the last 15 years, particularly SUVs, uh, but the car park spaces have stayed the same. He's absolutely right there. And if you're unlucky enough maybe to have a small car and you're wedged between two SUVs, um, then you'll know what he's talking about. He says he gets bashed by the huge huge doors of the SUVs in shopping centres. And I suppose you could also throw into the mix multi-storey car parks. So he now parks between two spaces to stay away from the SUVs. I don't know whether he gets much grief from people. Do let me know, John, if you get grief for parking and taking up two spaces. But to answer your, um, your comment where he says... He hates SUVs. It's not the SUVs. Well, I suppose he does, but it's the drivers of them. He says, the people I see driving SUVs are spoiled, selfish, middle-aged posers. <laughs> Love that word, poser. Uh, who have lost the plot, says he. Neil, I drive an SUV because it's higher up off the ground and does not hurt my back. I drive a Volkswagen Tiguan Orline. And it is so comfortable. I always had an Audi, but my back and knees killed me with the pain. I can't go back to him. My husband always wants me to try an Audi again, but I always buy my Tiguan or line, which is expensive. Thank you for that. Looking down at us from your SUV. Um, talking about dangerous metals and dangerous materials, there's a man in America after winning a court case for $200 million for getting cancer from using weed killer. I know, only in America. I always wonder about the things we buy in the supermarkets like deodorants, cleaning products and makeup products. How well are they checked for cancer causing? Well, there was also issues with Talcum powder, wasn't it, if I remember correctly? Neil, great to have you back on air. That last guy from SOS Recovery, Sean O'Sullivan, was just so funny. Yeah, I'm happy to be back. I'm on today and indeed tomorrow. And then head off again for uh, the, the Friday and uh, next week. Although next week's a short week with the bank holiday and all that. Uh, but our kind thoughts to uh, Mick Mulcahy as he... Um, gets himself well enough to get back on air again. I found a driving license at the Farron Lee Community Nursing Home. It belongs to uh, a contractor. I won't give you his name, but if you can tell him to make his way back to the nursing home, he can collect it. That's where it is. Somebody lost their driving license. It's at Farron Lee Community Nursing Home. Uh, nice to hear you again. I hope Mick will be okay. You have a great team there. Hope the weather will be better when you get back uh, to the kingdom of Kerry, says GM. Thank you for that. You're very kind. People have been sending me photographs as well from overseas. Um, you just mention it once and everybody starts snapping on their holidays. Somebody sent me some photographs for from Lazenia in Spain. I haven't a clue where it is, but there are the palm trees and the beautiful pool by the hotel and the big blazing sun up in the blue sky. Oh, yeah. Well done. Fair play to you. Um, I put diesel into my car. I put petrol into my diesel car. But I only put a very small amount when I'd realised. There was a Garda car there at the same time, so I asked them. They told me to just put in the diesel 
on top of the petrol. So that's what I did. I had no problem at all after that. So if you haven't much petrol put in, it's possible that it will be okay. P.S. Hope Mick is doing okay. Looking forward to hearing him back on the radio soon. Then you can go back to the rain in Kerry. We were in Inchidani last week. Not a drop of rain there, says Marie from Clonakilty. Actually, I was watching the boats come back from um, going to Skelligs and what have you, and people were absolutely drenched. But of course, for many, it was the trip of the lifetime. So they came off the boats and up the jetty, absolutely sopping wet and hungry. Big queues of them then trying to get into restaurants and pubs for a bit of food. It's a lot of people around. An awful lot of people. Um, And then other texts on child labour. Pat says, India allows its children to be exploited because they know foolish countries like Ireland will pay for their products. If India is a third world country, how come it has a nuclear programme and a space programme? Giving money to Indian children's charities actually prolongs the problem. That is to do, I suppose, with the mica mica mining story I told you earlier on. Mica goes into many different products, including... um, uh, different types of makeup uh, and products like that, but it's much of it is uh, is mined by small little children with small bodies and tiny little hands that can get into very cramped spaces. Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Pick up the phone on oh eight one eight one zero four one zero six. Back to the phone lines we go. Avril, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Talking, How are you? I'm good, thank you. Talking the, this morning about a childcare facility, Tina's, that's going to close. And then, of course, Siobhan was on talking about how difficult it is to run a creche or a preschool or a play school or anything to do with minding children for a lot of different reasons. What are your thoughts on it? So, I have um, a childcare centre out here in Upton and I cater for 50 children um, on a daily basis. Yeah. And I Do you remember Tina was saying she has 85 now that have to find new places to go? Which is absolutely scary stuff. It's scary stuff. So, basically, it's a vicious circle. Like for the likes of Tina and myself, we probably haven't, I haven't risen speaking for myself, I haven't risen my fee since 2016. And being in a rural area, you know, 2016, I went up on my fees in COVID hit and I felt like I couldn't go up on my fees and people were under pressure and they weren't working. Then we came out of that and then all these new subsidies started coming in and the NCS, the National Child Care Scheme for Parents, which is welcomed by providers because parents are under pressure financially, you know, getting their kids into centres like our own and having two and three kids. It is quite expensive. And what do they now get for free to help them? What's provided? So it depends on their earning powers. So basically they are entitled to one forty an hour off the hourly fee. And that is everybody gets that across the board. But it depends on what income is coming into the home. So they have to enter their PPS numbers into the hive system and then they get back a check number and it tells them exactly what they're entitled okay. to. Some parents might get, you know, buy 60 off two kids and they might be only paying 20 euro a week for a full week. Other parents are only getting the one for And what about the free majority- spaces and free hours? Now, so with we have actually 35 families on our waiting list. We stopped our waiting list about three months ago because there was no point in putting them on the waiting list because by the time a space became available in my centre, they were gone somewhere else or they were after giving up work and they were staying at home and caring for their own children. They gave up work because of it? Yes. 
Yes. So it's forcing women or men, because there's some dads as well that stay at home and obviously mind their children as well, but it's forcing um, people out of the workforce. So basically it comes back to, like I was just saying to your researcher there, we're here in the office, both myself and my manager, Emma, I'd be lost without her. We are doing the parents' contracts for the ECCE scheme, which is the preschool scheme, which is starting in September. And the parents statements that we have to print off and get them to sign and to read through and hold and file here is 11 pages long. Right, yeah, it's a lot, isn't it? So we're getting from the Department of Education 11 cents an hour for doing paperwork. So it's not, obviously, my manager is costing me more than 11 cents an hour. Mm. (laughs) So we are really underfunded within the sector for running all these schemes. And where where the problem is coming with smaller centres or medium-sized centres is that we've never put up our fees and now there's a fee freeze within this legal documentation that we have to sign to roll out these fees stating that we have to freeze freeze our fees so we can't charge or go up on our prices for how long as long as we're in contract with the department of education and rolling out these schemes so as you can appreciate inflation has gone up 9.7 percent i think it's back down to 7.4 as in of this week but everything has gone up so we we see this all of the time. Um, a lot of hospitality has closed because they have put prices up as much as they feel. Silly Goose recently said that they just couldn't justifiably or consciously put up prices anymore. So they closed. Yes. There's few enough businesses off. that haven't put up prices. There's, there's a good few that haven't put up prices, but they're all struggling. You know, and what I'm afraid of for my business here is the new ERO rates coming in for the staff. Like, my staff are my front of house. You know what I mean? They sell my business more than I do. I'm in the office, you know, overwhelmed by paperwork from the department. That's where I am the whole time now. 15 years ago, same quantity of children. And I used to only probably do half a day in the office in paperwork. And now I employ my manager full time and I'm part time alongside of her at the office. Just to do so that admin. God just almighty. Just to do that admin, which is ridiculous. They could streamline it so much better or give a tax relief to the parents directly and to save all that admin. Here's a text for you. My wife is a crash manager, Neil. It's a 24 7 job. If she's off, someone is always contacting her. The money is small for what she does. The government must step in and help. Are the, is pay an issue, though, for crash staff? Well, the ERO came in last year and that was welcome. Well, I I think I welcomed it with open arms because I think the girls working on the floor aren't being paid accordingly. You know what I mean? And they're not being paid right for the degrees. These girls went to school for four years or college, that I say, for four years to study. And we were always said, you know, get a graduate-led sector. And that's where we were aiming. I had eight graduates, right? So two in each room. And next thing, all of a sudden, they decided with the core funding last year in that legal contract, which is over 30-odd pages long, I didn't read it. I just ticked the box because to go down through it, I'm not, you know, the legal jargon was just, it was baffling, baffling. And just take into consideration the three different schemes we run here and each one of them are over like 30 to 40 pages long. Okay, I get get, get a very good picture as to the amount of paperwork that you're bamboozled by um, I, I, I don't know what's going to happen if more closed though like Tina's had you know 85 different kids staff all being paid like 16, 17 euro an hour 
Yeah, you're saying I that, think yeah. the Department of Education won't listen to the providers. As in, we had a meeting with the Taunish's office last week. I went to Dublin last Monday and we met some of his um, representatives and we highlighted these problems. I think there'll be nothing done until the parents won't be able to get places. And that's happening now and we can see that because even TUSA issued a report, I sent it to your um, researcher there, 130 approximately centres closed down within the last year. Why? Now the department, because they're not able, financially they're not able to keep going. But they're compliant though, are they? Oh, they're all compliant. These are just centres that are finding it too difficult, too stressful, lack of staff. Staff are, you know, girls not going into the sector or men and not being funded properly. But they need funding, do they? If if they're in such demand, why do they need funding at all? Um, Is it because you you can't just charge whatever you want, is it? You can't charge whatever you want. And even Roger Gorman came out with a statement there, I think it was two weeks ago, stating that they are going towards a public sector childcare sector as such. So what they're hoping to do is each county can only charge, it'll depend on what county you're from and rates and all the rest of it, that you can only charge X amount if you're living in that area. So that then gives, we say, the likes of myself who's out in a rural setting who hasn't upped their fees since 2016 come to an average within that county. But that's all very well. Like the larger chains always put up their fees. So it's kind of probably shame on me that I don't do it every day. Chains, you say that their companies operate many, is it? Yes. So these chains are, are really... Owned, the majority of them are owned by groups of investors. So these are investing their money, just their money to get, you know what I mean, a bit of profit back at the end of the day. So they increase their fees yearly by two to five percent. But for the likes of and parents me, pay it, and parents pay it because it's only going up small every time. And so how much would it be? Like, is is that a hard figure to come up with this? To how much it would cost to send a child to to childcare weekly? Well, weekly here, if you come to me, it's 220 euro a week. And that's from half seven in the morning till six in the evening, five days a week. Okay. And are others substantially more? Um, I think I'm on average. I'm around, everybody kind of around me is on the same kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's half seven in the morning to half five? No, six o'clock in the evening. Six o'clock. Six o'clock in the evening. Yeah, it's a long day. It's a very long day. Mm. And it works out very, like, it works out really, I think, what is it, four euro an hour or less? I think it's less. I can't think of the figure off my head now. But when you stop and think, these girls are all graduates, right? They went to college for four years. We've all our, you know, birthdays, manual handling, you name it, we've got it. All my girls here are trained in sign language. You know, we've done copious amounts of courses we're constantly upskilling because I think that's very important you can't become complacent but what would the average I mean I just know of Tina's which is 16 or 17 euro but is that the norm then rates of pay for somebody that's qualified to go into childcare not every place pays that not every place because no because it wouldn't make sense because if that were the case they wouldn't be leaving would they well it's very an awful lot of girls use it as a stepping stone going into primary school you know, training to become primary school teachers. So they use it as a stepping stone. And a lot of centres don't pay pay good. They don't, full stop. Mm. The BERO has helped that because they have, you know, they have to pay now by law X amount. I don't know what the rates are there off the top of my head. But, you know, it it varies from a level five. No, I know. Yeah, it's just that we often hear, like, you can't get staff in hospitality. But when you drill into the unsociable hours and the hard work and the bad pay... Mm-hmm. 
that's why they can't get people in hospitality. I'm, I'm wondering, is childcare the same with their most it's, it's valuable profession? It's a stressful job as well. Position. It's a very stressful job, you know what I mean? As in, and I just think as well, I see here within my centre, an awful lot of girls come into it and then they get pregnant or whatever and they don't go back into the sector because having your own family and working with kids all day and going home to your old kids, it's quite difficult. It's really hard. It's stressful. You know what I mean? You don't get any break at all. Um, but they do move on. And, you know, um, we see as well in the last about year and a half, the trend has Pubble and all these inspectorate um, agencies for the childcare sector has taken a lot of our graduates. So they're after moving into jobs that are paying at a starting rate of 42000 a year to 48000 So that's a huge... You couldn't blame them, though, you couldn't? Of course, absolutely. No. Neil, I would be like... If it was my own daughter, I'd be like, oh my God, okay. go into Pavel, go into Tugza, obviously go over there because that's where you're getting the so money. So can and you, okay, just I know I'm bombarding you with questions, but can you no, just get her. an unannounced inspection at any time? Absolutely, all the time. So Tugza come out once a year and that's unannounced. Um, so they'll come out and they'll go through everything from fridge, fridge temperatures to the welfare of the kids and how the kids are integrating and they'll check your bin lids and they'll check the cleanliness of the place and the whole lot. And you won't and know the day nor the hour? Nope. That's they'll good though, I like that, that's oh, good. Neil, all for it because obviously there are some centres as well, it's like any sector that are winging it or that are not operating the proper standards, you know, so I welcome all these agencies but I just think they can streamline it, like we will okay. get a report back from Tulsa with, you know, what regulations need were breached maybe or what needs to be improved or, you know, recommendations but we have been only eight days to complete that list and get it back into them. That's tight, yeah. isn't it? But I suppose it's That's important because you're because you're still taking kids in while there are issues that need addressing, so they want them addressed now. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it yeah. might be something as simple as, God damn, I know you're going to laugh at me now, Blue Tack has me driven implemented in this crisis <laughs> because we have a gallery wall going up the stairs and obviously we put all the kids' artwork up and they see, you know, so when the parents come in in the evening, they can see some kids are delighted that this gallery wall is on view, blah, blah, blah. So then at the end of the school term, in the end of June, we take down obviously all that artwork and we'd be replacing it throughout the year and there's all little, obviously the Blue Tack pulls off the paint as well. I have to paint that wall every year because when the goddamn tools that come in and they're like, oh no, no, the kids could pick a bit of paint off that now and ingest that and it could be toxic. And that How were we ever reared 30 or 40 or 50 years ago that we weren't killed stone dead in our cots? Well, I give paint. you a laugh. I remember my mother calling into the centre here and one of the inspectors popped in and they were giving out about something to do with the water or the sink or something like that. It wasn't a bowl of the, a bowl and a half at the time, like a sink and a half at the time. I was only newly opened. And next thing, my mother tore into her and she goes, Jesus, and to think we used to wash them in the sink before and no one said anything. And I just started laughing. A few you get a bowl or something. <laughs> yeah. And we do find as well, though, that you know inspections aren't going along the same guidelines from county to county inspectors can you know there can be a bit of a difference between them as well okay give me the goss on parents though or don't answer the question if you feel not um, capable of answering it but Siobhan said some of them can be quite rude No, I have to say no. My parents, I'm very lucky with my parents. I don't know where I am. Yeah, no. Ah, they might be a little bit late. They're late all the time. 
No, I'm haunted here. All no, right, okay, know, okay. They know if they're late because I slap them with a late seat. Like, I oh, right. hit him in the pocket. Hit him in the pocket. Yeah, hit him in the pocket and they won't be late again. We'll All get right. you up the first time and if we like you, yeah, we'll let you off a second time. <laughs> third time, definitely not. Three strikes, you're out. Thanks, Avril. Yeah. Continued success. No Take care. Let's care a lot. Child care in Upton. Thank you, Avril. Text 0868 104 106. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818 104106 Red FM. Okay, you need the you know the drill guys, you know what's involved, have an ace. All right, artists and titles in the right order. Please call a nine until somebody gets it right. T- uh, pick up the phone 0818 104106 at 250 euro plus one com travel insurance policy for all your holiday needs. So get dialing for that one. Still to come this side of midday, more family passes to give away to even more fabulous uh, tourist attractions across our beautiful county. And this morning I'm featuring the West Cork Model Railway Village. If you haven't been down there, What's taken you so long? The model village was officially opened in 1994 uh, by the president, Mary Robinson. It was probably the year or maybe a year or two afterwards that we started going down there. It's fabulous for people of all ages. Yeah, okay, the kids will love it, but adults too. It's absolutely glorious. The model village is just that. It's a fully scaled, handmade model of an historic West Cork town and railway line with all the miniature trains and the towns all the way along. And it's the actual towns of Clonakilty and Bandon and Kinsale and Dunmanway. And all of those towns were all served um, up until, I don't know, maybe 60, 70 years ago by rail. Uh, and the gorgeous little model buildings and figurines. It's just beautiful to step in there. It's almost like suspending reality while you're in there and it's open right across the summer and we have some fabulous uh, passes to give away they've also got the village cafe doing teas and coffees and snacks uh, and you can follow the model trains through west cork also they've got these remote control boats and little mini diggers and great outdoor play areas as well i know i'm describing it really well so um, you need to go and experience it yourself best i can do is tell you you will have a great day we've been giving away some fabulous summer passes right across the summer and we'll continue with them across august as well so that's just before quitting time i'll open the phone lines but let me just let me just do this to get ourselves sorted sarah should be in glanmire online you're telling me line four is it uh, one two three four sarah you there Hi, Neil. How's it going? Have you been on holidays yet? I haven't been on holidays yet, Neil, but this is my incentive now to go and book something. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got, you might have got the holiday insurance covered, so now you need to go and get the holiday, right? So, artists That's and exactly titles, it. okay? Artists and titles in the right order, um, ideally as you hear them play. So, are you ready? Yeah. Here we go. We need a holiday. holiday, Madonna. Right. Well done. You know your music. It covers a lot of different decades there. Fair play to you. Yeah, all good songs. All good songs, I have to say. Well, it's paid off for you because we've got you sorted now. Um, and you just need oh, to go and book you. a holiday. The rest is being Definitely. done. Definitely. being sorted. You You're welcome. Have a good one. Thanks so much. Enjoy. See Take bye care. Bye. Again tomorrow and indeed Friday. Uh, more passes. Sorry, more. Multitrip.com travel insurance policies to give away. Again, based on artists and titles of songs. For the little time that's left in the back to the phone line. Sheila, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Is this on electric cars, is it? Yes, you know, they're talking about saving petrol. What about saving time? Right. 
I had to go in my I had to go to my son's house last week because Gaston was coming to do his boiler. And when he You had to be me, there for the man, is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. he lives in Mallow, I live in Cork. And he said, um, I have to go looking for somewhere now, he said, to charge the van. I spent it could take two hours onto my job every day, he said, because there's enough enough chargers. But one of the charges he went to in Mallow, it was broken. Yeah. So the other one would have been in Aldi. And there could be someone there and he'll have to wait. They, they, plug in, they plug into them and they go away. And they, somebody said by text, they mightn't come back for hours and hours. And the charge is locked into their car. Neil, I heard a story last week. There was one in the South Mass. And all there wasn't day. a charge car at all. And your man had it in. And it's when the... Someone, when the Warner came along, he spotted it. And what was it if it wasn't an electric vehicle? It was a petrol car and he just had it in top of the, the petrol tank. <laughs> to get a ticket for that? I couldn't tell you, Neil. But to be truthful, Richard, well, I'm not even on about that. I know it's funny. It's not funny. That's that very it's annoying, though, for somebody who's paid big <laughs> money and I'm some guy has taken a space like that. But this man, I'm just saying, he, he said to me, give me a diesel anything. He's on the road so much. So he says that it takes two hours out of his day. Most days, yes. Yeah. Trying to, because there's not enough points. So one was damaged and the one in Lidl was taken and that's it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, and he says it's the same when he's in Cork. And do you think he might be inclined to go back to a diesel car and getting rid of it again? Well, it's a company. It's a company van. Yeah, it's a dose, isn't it? So, We're just yeah, not so ready that's yet. What he's it's the time, you know what I mean? He said we don't have our country isn't, and he wasn't even in, an Irishman. He said the, the country isn't able for them at the moment. All right, good point. Good example. So Thanks for that. If you get about that, you might save in money, but you don't save in time. And did you see the fella on the mall in the diesel car with the cable slung no, up? No, I was the... told about it, but yeah. I've seen it on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah, no, I've heard that yes. before. Yeah, chance in their arm. Hope he got a ticket. He deserves a big fine for that. Thanks I a lot, mean, Sheila. Don't be saying that. I know, but I mean, if you're if you have a diesel car, right? Come on, I mean, like it's... no, I I have half and half. I'm very lucky. Half diesel, half petrol, is it? No, lads, no, no. <laughs> you're a schmuck just this morning. Good luck, good luck. Thanks for calling. Bye. Take care. <laughs> And we started off talking about people putting diesel in a petrol tank and t- petrol in a diesel tank, so I might as well finish on it. Please ask the NCT centres how they test the emissions of hybrid cars. I was behind a smoking car at the NCT in Little Island last week. While I pulled into the queue behind it, I flippantly said to the driver on my way in to pay, you're creating a lot of spoke smoke. Do you think she'll pass? He told me that because she's a hybrid and all hybrids are automatic, they can't test them for emissions. Later, he gave me a wave with his pass certificate in his hand. What a farce. By the way, I passed as well. I also have a hybrid and it says NA opposite where the emissions test results should be. And that makes no sense to me, Dominic, you know, because like, okay, hybrids are fine, but the hybrid's only going to give you maybe 60 or 70 kilometers. You've got a full tank of petrol in a hybrid as well. What about the emissions in the hybrid? Why aren't they being tested? EVs are nothing short of a scam, Neil. Ask Sean, your caller, if he has a smartphone. Uh, The batteries in those are also mined by kids in the Congo. Yeah, I had hoped to talk with somebody on that this morning. I got a very interesting text from somebody who said just that. 
the amount of things that are mined for electric cars, including lithium and child exploitation and slavery involved in it. Uh, text 0868104106. Back after the break. The Neil Prendeville Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 0818104106. Yeah, I mean, people are suggesting, of course, why don't you talk about the fact that people also have home chargers? Yes, they do. But if you're ever intent on going somewhere far from home or on a break or a weekend away or trips involve hundreds of euro sorry, hundreds of kilometres or miles, then the home charger is of little consequence to you. Uh, but anyway, we'll love you and leave you in that one. Thank you to Ralph Regal. Um, great to hear Ralph having something to cheer up, cheer himself up about, seeing as he's a Manchester United fan as well as a Springsteen fan. And of course, the irony on this hasn't been lost on me. I see text coming in saying, ah, yeah, the two Springsteen gigs next year, that will give the hotels plenty time now to up their prices. Somebody else suggesting, how much are hotels going to cost in Cork? on the 16th and 18th of May next year. Yeah, it'd be interesting actually uh, to take a look and see what the prices are on those two dates. We should do that when we get off the air. Hotel prices on Leaside on the 16th and 18th of May next year for the two Springsteen concerts. I'd say they'll be fast off the mark and upping them. Yeah, thank you. My uh, my partner has a RAV4 petrol hybrid. The diesel nozzle w- will not fit into it. No, because the diesel nozzle is bigger than the petrol one without overly confusing you. Uh, regarding putting the wrong fuels in cars, years ago I worked in a garage in Carrigaline. One night, just as we were about to lock up, some guy came in and told us he had put €120 euro worth of diesel in his truck. Quick look at the screen in front of me showed it was actually petrol and not diesel he'd put in. Poor guy was in an awful state. As it wasn't his, it was a work truck. Um, listen, can I also say, somebody else texts, my husband has put the wrong fuel in his van not once, but twice. It would appear from this morning's research that men are bigger culprits at this than women. Our lines will stay open. You can text 0868104106. Email if you have a story, neil at redfm.ie. We have five family passes now to give away for West Cork Model Village, well, West Cork Model Railway Village down in beautiful Clonakilty. So these family passes will be for callers 9, 10, 11, 12 and 13. Get one yourself on 0818104106. Lines are open now. Further details at modelvillage.ie. You will enjoy it. Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow. For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts.